G'day and welcome to a very special episode of AOS Coach. Um, it is not a faction discussion. I am going to be joined by Chris, aka Peachy, and we are going to talk all things bringing your army to life. And I actually didn't realize, Peachy, that this is a perfect time. We are on the eve of Armies on Parade. Yes. We have New Year, New Army. A lot of people usually kick off their new year, or maybe they've got the Christmas bundle from Games Workshop mm. or Asking Santa for a new army. And I thought I wanted to talk to you about how on earth do I break away from the box art? How do I take a small piece of lore? Maybe I read in a black library or I thought about, I wonder what my Stormcast looked like if they were mm. Roman legionnaires. Like how do I bring this idea I've got to the life and take my place in the mortal realms? And what better person could I ask than <laughs> the hobby master? 20 years in Games Workshop, you know, you are the lead in the painting phase. I've seen you in White Dwarf. I've seen you on Warhammer Community. I've seen you all through Battle Tomes and Codexes yeah. and Hobby Hangouts. You are a hobby hero, and you're going to help me unpack this topic. Cool. Well, happy to help. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's one of the things I... I... I won't say specialising, but definitely drive, has driven my creative career for the last 20 years, is making stuff up. It's, you know, that's why I was there. I like making stuff up. I've been good at it. I think I've been good at it. I, you know, I might be cocky saying that. <laughs> you, you were excellent. And I think what put you on the hobby pedestal for me was, I remember five years ago, um, before the Cities of Sigma was ever a thing, um, mm. I was I was an Empire player. I grabbed my Empire, round-basted them. I, I tried to force myself into the mortal realms, trying to push up, beat, beating up Bloodthirsters and Stormcast. And I really struggled. Mm. I struggled because there was no place for me in the mortal realms because yeah. I was an Empire man. I had that map. I knew, like, right, I'm in Ulthof. I've got the Beastmen, and I've got all this stuff happening in the north and Kislev, and they're going to help protect me a little bit. I've got Bretonia over here. I've got this... And I'm like, where are the where where in the mortal realms? And then I saw your hollow guild. Mm, that yeah. hollow guild converted up what is now what you almost could think about. It was the lead to um I'm now forgotten. The, the city of Sigma? Sigma, the magic. Yeah, the yeah. magic. Yeah. Yeah. Hallahart. Yes, Hallahart. Yeah, I, I think it's like an amalgamation of that and Hammerhow. It was I don't think they wanted to take the name I made up. They just wanted to make up their own and say, yeah, it's kind of maybe a little bit influenced by that but um yeah i mean it kind of started off a little bit before um i, I won't say a little bit before age of Sigma. we were building up to age of Sigma. we knew it was happening i obviously kept all my empire stuff in a figure case kept on square bases just in case you know i want to play seventh edition or whatever um Sixth edition, seventh. I forget the semi editions these days. I'm a, I'm a I'm a six man. I played them all from like third, but like six. Yeah, I think yes. is home. Yes, yes. I think it, yeah, same, same. So um, I think the thing for me was uh, I like to have something that like with like you say with the empire. You've got Altdorf. You, you've you've known it for years, and I think with the Age of Sigma happening, and I had an empire on it. It was an opportunity for me to create something of my own, and push the boundaries a bit of what that looks like because you'd always had those schisms of like even bretonians and empire didn't get on let alone like dwarves i mean dwarves were always seen as like the decent allies to the empire because it was rare that they ever fought but i wanted to include the elves in there the dwarves and the elves never got on the old world so i had this notion of yes the humans are smashing down or the stormcasts are smashing down into the mortal realms um 
but it's it's not just like a barren wasteland full of like skulls and chaos tribes. There's going to be other stuff there that's holding the fight because I know the story goes on about like you know Sigma takes away warriors as they're about to like save a village or this that, and you have then sends them up to the apotheosis and then turns them into stormcast, blah de blah. And it's like no, there's more. There's lots more people fighting down there. So I decided to step away from that little campaign area which was the realm gate wars uh, which was the great parch and just go you know what i'm gonna go hundreds of miles to the to the northwest or something like that so we'd had a, a campaign in the office called the gate of stars um and it was written by uh, andy clark and i had this realm of battle tile which i think went in to uh, the general's compendium the, the, the first or the second one uh, the general's handbook sorry uh and it was just like a, I, I made my own version of the area of uh, Hallegild. Uh, the game, the, I, I, again, the name just came from some random place. I just made up stuff like, oh, this is the sepulchral temple. This is the bright spear citadel. You know, I just made up like weird names and, and got loads of like bits of random ship, like Dark Eldar ship and all sorts of stuff. And I made like this map. And then in the center was a place called Hallegild. Um, and as you can see there with the pretty picture, unfortunately, I couldn't get you a clearer one. I'm, I'm very sorry about that. Apologies for potato cam, folks. One of the only photos that were a bit hard to find. Mm. But if you type it in, um, Hello Guild, Peachy, there's, we'll show you some actually really cool yeah. photos and like some close ups. But this to me was like where I went, holy shite. <laughs> like, like, I'll, I'll tell you a story my first conversion was getting i don't know if you remember the empire hero is it rutger radica the little yes. um uh I, I i shaved off his mustache i put a sword <laughs> in his hand and like converting metal was bad back then oh like, yeah it's hard no one so bad like nail clippers and like hoping mum didn't get angry at me but like I, I never really pushed the the envelope for converting and kit bashing and like because the empire was the empire. I was yeah, I knew what the empire was about. Yeah, I might put something like a Pegasus or a dragon, but converting was never a thing. And then Age of Sigma opened me up and then I saw potential through the likes of you and many others. And I'm like, I want to now do this. That was what yeah. inspired me to start armies on parade for the first time, to start looking at kits a little bit differently, to look at 40k to go. I wonder if there's something in there that can kind of help me tell a story. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of, with that project, went a bit balls out on it because um, I didn't agree with, because uh, you had like the Azerheim stuff and I was just like, there needs to be stuff out there. So I thought, you know what, I'm making this city, got a name. I made like that, that was Armies on Parade. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to do an army on parade. It's like they're, they're getting ready, they're, they're mustering ready for war. And there's a couple of things I wanted to do. I wanted uh, like like the races working together because like Azaheim in the um, Grand Alliance book referred to that, you know, they had all the different races in there working and there was like the big cull at one point. Um, but I wanted my Stormcast to be seen as like the, the Space Marine equivalent, not like lots of them, but like a handful of them. And these particular ones I started doing, I, I think I called them the Celestial Shield. Um, I wanted them to rarely put a helmet on because they wanted to humanize themselves with with the races as opposed to being like completely faceless warriors that appear in legions i mean that's cool if you like that I'm not going to disrespect that but i wanted mine to be like a handful a bit like the tempest lords that you know get the best out of the people and there's like one or two of them here and there so i'd only do like five liberators at most a handful of sequitors as you know because i really like that that range of the sacrosanct stuff when it started coming out i really like the monkeys there was more color i could put more color on mm. them, um because of all the robes but yeah the, the first thing i did was i had this armies on parade i'd ordered a, a bunch of sets but i was going down the route of like 
I've got a bits box. I've got loads of stuff. I've got a few things I can access because most people have somewhere a bits box like spare swords, spare pouches, spare heads. But at the time, because people were doing stuff for White Dwarf, they were going a bit over the top going, I'm going to order all these sets, you know, I can order all that amount and, you know, White Dwarf's going to pay for it. I'll do this. I was like, no, I'm going to go down the route of if I'm a hobbyist at home and I've got like a, a budget and then I'll work around. And that, I think that actually helped me a lot more because that's pushed my conversions a bit more. So when I built my Eternal Guard, I didn't want them as Eternal Guard. I quite like big double-handed blades. So I was like, well, I'll do them as Wildwood Rangers. But I want to save the hoods for something else because they've got masks on and they look cool. They look a bit mystical. I might save those for some humans. So I give the Wildwood Rangers Eternal Guard heads. Um, and I wasn't bothered by that because I thought they looked cool because they've got nice crests. Save the heads for the great swords. I think that was my favourite conversion of the whole lot because it was so simple, but made the great swords look not like Empire. So it was that whole kind of thing of like pushing things away from it being the sort of this is what an empire model looks like and this is what a person of the free cities with their puffy sleeved and puffy trousers um the tricky bit i think was the color scheme uh, because uh, i've mentioned in uh, my chat i did on the painting phase that the empire is based on the swiss cantons of like the medieval era so <laughs> most of the color schemes are picked so every color combination you can possibly think of has been covered by the by the swiss army um which is obviously what where the empire came from so i was like right i'll try and push them a little bit more there was very rare you saw gold armor we've done how you know um hammers of sigma they've got gold armor let's mimic some of that so yeah i started going into the teals like almost sky blues light blues uh whites with a bit of a blue tinge to it and yeah before you know it like as you saw in the image I, I had something that felt not too old wieldy a little bit more fantastical and then just having like some retainers here and there. As you can see at the back, there's what, three Stormcasts, a Knight Questor, a Lord Celestant, and then a Knight Castellant there. Uh, Lord, Ca Lord Castellant, sorry, with his dog, his little griffon. But yeah, it was, it was the, I think the weirdest unit, and I don't know if there's any close-ups um, in my folder that I, sh I shared you, I, I know you've not put one here, is I got some Dark Elf Spearmen, gave them some Empire Heads, and gave them Dwarf, Hammerer. Um, Are there... Yeah yeah the guns I, I do have that i do uh, we'll, we'll we'll show that a little bit later yeah uh, yeah, yeah. On christmas and yeah the, it is thanksgiving, it is, it is thanksgiving <laughs> it is. for the folks joining us so thank you thank you for joining us on on thanksgiving yes um but you you've raised a lot of good questions because i think a lot of people either go onto onto twitter or, or instagram and see these incredible crazy kit bashes conversions people using five kits for one model and yep. that can be very cost prohibitive and very limiting and Converting kit bashing, building a theme to me doesn't have to be buy seven kits to make one unit of five that yeah. dies to a stiff breeze. It could be just looking through your bits box. Yeah. It could exactly. be. Uh... Oh, oh no. I've not dropped out of her. Oh, this is embarrassing. Uh... Still got connection. Oh no. Oh no. No. Get you on the Twitter. Oh, I keep talking. Oh, are you out. Oh no. So, uh, if I'm right in thinking, maybe it's me on my own, guys. And he's gone. So yeah, um, I'm going to keep talking. So a lot of the things I used to do with like converting is like, as Anthony was saying, 
is just simple head swaps is the biggest thing. I think if you look at a kit and then you find that you've got what, usually you get two builds in a kit, you always get two builds. Um, and the problem with a lot of kits nowadays is you will probably find that you get so many spares on the sprue that you don't do anything with them. Like like look, the new Kazakin, you've got two sets of heads for a, a set of 10 figures. You've got two entire sets of heads. So I, I know we're not talking 40K, but it's just an example. Um, so one of the things I found like when I was doing the Halligold stuff was I'd have like 20 Eternal Guard heads and 20 Wildwood Ranger heads, plus some extras because you get different ones for your commanders. Um, and the same for like the Dwarves, the same for the Empire, same for the Dark Elves. So your conversions don't have to be massively complicated. Um, they can be a simple head swap. With the Spearmen, again, I can't show the picture just yet, but I've got some guards with the Dark Elf shields, and I took off the spears, the Dark Elf spears, and gave them the spare uh, axe heads and hammer uh, heads from the Longbeard set. So, and then of course the gunners, I had like the iron drakes with the big guns. Uh, so I use those on the Empire. Got some great sword bodies. I just get arms. So yeah, it works out quite well. Yeah, you're back. Yeah. Oh, am I back? Can you hear me? Oh, no. I'll keep talking. I'll keep talking. So yeah, I um, I use like the big cannons uh, from the, the fire drake. I forget what they're called now. I'm going to call them cannons because that's what they are. And they, I use them as handgunners. It's only 10 guys, um, but that's that's fine. I mean, they didn't survive particularly well in the games, but I wasn't really bothered about that. I was going for the look. I was always going to go for the look, never for the win. Um, and as time went on, I just kept adding new units to it, new Stormcast units to it. Um, I accrued lots of spares as well. So that's that's how the process of when I'm doing any kind of like army building is slow, start off slow, like a slow burn, like what, four or five units. Uh, and then in there, you can stick a couple of commanders. Um, and then as time goes on, when new releases come out, just add some. And over the time, I added some cavalry. I added some man-eaters, which we'll come to in a bit. Um, different types of Stormcasts. So it started off with Liberators, and I kind of found those quite clunky after seeing some of the newer stuff started to come through, like the Sacrosanct stuff, which looked much, much more, I don't know, mystical monkish uh, because of being stormcast uh one in mind to feel a little bit more otherworldly and everything all these monk robes and stuff like that uh was really ideal so and again most of my kept helmets off i think one or two might have helmets underneath um but yeah it's it was a really nice way of just pushing the ip a bit more for myself and then you can just start writing stuff coming up with ideas of like unit names so because i made this map um i was then able to call them like these are the shimmer glass spire halberdiers these are the bleak henge swordsmen uh, these are the tempest blades i was going for like lots of celestial styles of uh, of, of naming conventions as well and that, i think that's a tricky thing when you when you're doing anything um so for instance if you're let's say 40k or even a, any kind of age sigma stuff is you've got the realms for age of sigma you've got unit types um i try and like my citizen sigma stuff stormcast try and keep to it like like the celestial theme and a weapon theme because that's how the name conventions done for a lot of the books but you want to put your own kind of stamp on it so if it's like the realm of fire i mean i called mine uh, i picked a place a location in um the realm of fire uh, it was called iridia um, and i started doing well yeah skip back a little bit because i'll probably jump ahead here um i, I the design of Halligild was like two gateways a bit like hammer uh, you have a gateway going to the realm of life of hammer and the realm of fire i was 
I kind of broke the law a bit for myself because I didn't realize they were going to do this because I made this before it all went official. But I had a gateway that linked as a as Azia as a Heim to uh, the Realm of Fire. And apparently that's not a thing, but it is now, so it doesn't matter. But in the initial Realm Gate Wars, there wasn't a gate because they closed them all down. But hey, you know, I wrote history at the time for myself. I wasn't really thinking about the grand scheme of things before it happened. Uh, so yeah, I had like two gates, Realm of Fire and Azir. So a lot of the Azir stuff came through first, but as the Realm of Fire guys settled, I started to go for like red tones. So I started doing red colour themed warriors. I had like guys with like, um, I think it was great swords again. It was great swords because they're such a good kit. And then I used um, some spare bits from my uh, Executioner's Stroke Blackguard. So I used the Blackguard uh, Halberds and I had a bunch of the Sisters of the Watch so the wood elf archer ladies and i used the shadow warrior heads on them so i had this weird amalgamation of sort of empire mixed with dark elves and then high elves um so i started painting those in red like red lacquered armor and that was the thing it was like yeah this is the side that's around the fire they have red and they're a bit more amb ambitious a little bit more impetuous probably a little bit more easy to anger as well um and then the ones from azir so i had like a nice sort of mix of like blues whites and golds and then reds yellows and red lacquered armor with bits of gold on it so the storm hosts that went for that were called the flame lords of iridia and i really like those little candle things that used to get on the chain rasp i won't say command it was like a little banner there with like a little candlestick so i'd use that um and stick them on the backs uh, which i thought would look cool and there was like i guess maybe uh, in my weird peach meat brain sort of thing it was like hey it kind of like brings the ghosts to them so they can smash them in the face with hammers and stuff like that um so yeah, it was almost like moths to a candle uh that that was the plan anyway moths to a candle um but yeah the area they came from was iridia i called them the flame lords of iridia and i just went down a fiery route and then i was like i'm gonna give them sort of eastern kind of names uh like indian um maybe somewhere between there like north africa so or persian so i started like giving the stormcast like a, di a different sort of style and vibe um and giving them like slightly darker skin tones as well so they kind of fit with that um yeah yeah and that's um one of the principles of building an army is like a name on a map um a weird idea or it, again sometimes you get like a paragraph or a sentence in a book so the initial when um anthony put up the armies on parade set there was a picture in the very first grand alliance book of just i think it's a lord celestin uh, no lord castellan and he's is like stood on a throne dais raised dais and he's looking down you can see like these hangers on like civilians and stuff and it was that one piece of art that just went i'm gonna do that i'm just gonna make an army and just have like this guy like giving a big heroic speech before they like get sent out of the gates to do some fighting um so uh that it can be as simple as just a piece of art a bit of text talking about like the races of azir coming together um and then that springboarded my my army um so converting um for any of the any folks out there it isn't this sort of mystical uh, ability like a, a special martial art that you need to know it's, it's my very first uh hey you are moving i see a moving face but no audio third time to charge hopefully yeah we got audio three times i apologize <laughs> folks. thanks for hanging around and thank you i got a professional here with peachy <laughs> well i'll just waffle if you leave me going i'll just keep on going uh so i covered i know you're talking about head swap so i kind of just went off with with the head swap thing and then um 
the gate of as um, Halliger had been one side to the Roman fire, one side to his ear. And now I was, I was saying to uh, the folks watching that at the time when I came up with that, it was before they made the sort of law rule, which was like, yeah, the Roman gate was, there's no gates that link to his ear because they've all been smashed. I was like, oh, but I made it as a thing now in my head. So, but now it's fine. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> right, I can stop having a heart attack in a second. Um, <laughs> Should should I cut some of what we like? I don't I don't at least like the lost the lost tapes. Like I don't know if I if I've missed some really good things or you just waffle, then I should just Waffled. cut it out. Or <laughs> what, what I was gonna, I might get back on track because again I'm conscious of time and my yeah, potato laptop freaked out. But for me, like I, I got thinking with my Sylvaneth, I'm like, what does a Sylvaneth army look like in the mm. realm of Shimon? Yeah. You know, everyone paints them as like, you know, dryad bark and a little bit of wood, you know, lovely looking autumn leaves. But like, what does it look like in another realm? And it was that that simple question that's gotten me to think a lot about what does Cities of Sigma look like in the realm of death? Yeah. What does it look, what does a Stormcast army that's been in, in a particular realm for such a long time look like? And then how do I bring that to life through models, through conversions, through paint schemes? And that, to me, really helped break away from the traditional box art, the Hammers of Sigma gold armor. I looked at, like, Space Marines, and I know you mentioned a little bit about, you know, some of the crossover of Empire yeah. and the Cantons. I'm like, I recently painted my Stormcast as, like, Blood Angels. I'm like, no one's really doing yeah. red Stormcast. What does that look like? I've got a tried and true tested method in Blood Angels, and it looks really good, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, my mate Steve had a play around with doing, um, uh, you were talking about the Roman Legionnaire theme, uh, and he literally got the, hallo uh, the, uh, the Hallowed Knights, and anything that was blue became red, uh, and they looked great, and they kind of had a vibe of a Roman Legionnaire at the same time, as well as like being very distinct Stormcast, um, so it could be as simple as you 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 just swap out a colour in there, talking about the Sylvaneth thing as well, like, you know, different realms, what they're like, I don't know why it occurred to me one day, we're talking about, like, because we're doing the Sylvan F army for the studio. And there was one episode of Stargate where there's an old city buried underneath this farmland. And they kept getting this thing called iron root that kept popping up and they have to like get rid of it. It was just old steel girders that were just like forced away through the ground. It's like an entire like civilization that was underneath them. And I was like, mm, yeah, maybe they are made because I'm when early days, it was like, don't be too literal with the realms. I was like, but you gotta, because that helps people understand if it's the realm of metal, Maybe, because uh, I still want to do this um, Daughters of Cain realm. Of, I want to do Daughters of Cain Temple for Every Realm is the goal. And I want to do one for Realm of Metal where they've got like golden skin uh, and golden hair, but like almost the skin's like metallic, uh, like metallic flex. If like someone's put, if you ever watch Golden Eye, uh, not Golden Eye, Goldfinger, where the lady gets painted gold, it's that, that kind of, she's got blonde hair, like very white, almost peroxide blonde hair, and then this like deep, flicky sort of gold skin i was like that would look mega and then i think there's like some warriors in oblivion um like some angelic i think it's like a weird one called the shivering isles where you go to this mad god's realm and there's some golden warriors there i was like that's that's what daughters of cancer look like in the realm of metal everything should be gold or least elements or metallics um so yeah iron root iron wood um that makes perfect sense. Silver birch, literally silver. There's a type of tree called a silver birch. Your tree should be purely silver. But I love that, right? You've drawn through, and I think we're kind of leading into the topic here, is that 
there is so much inspiration around us. We don't have to be just in the Warhammer yeah. world, whether it is looking over the fence into 40K. It could be a television show you're watching, you know, Game of Thrones. I remember watching Game of Thrones going, I love the White Walkers. I wonder if my crypt ghouls could look like White Walkers yeah. and get them very like fleshy, but also very like frosty type of skin. You know, I could be watching any television or movie thinking, how does that get Warhammerified? And I did sort of comment, you know, one of the comments JBA are saying is, I'd like to do my things like a Mongolian Slaves to Darkness. I don't know what realm that would be. First off, it doesn't matter. But yeah. second of all, it could be what possibly could represent that type of Mongolian idea that you want to bring to the table, whether it might be the realm of, let's say, death, where there might not be a lot of life and you need to be doing a bunch of raiding and you want to be doing X amount of things. But it yeah. also could be, it could be anywhere, like where, what grabs your story and what helps you bring this to life. So you could chuck an idea in there. You could, you could go full on Mongolian, which is like, they literally conquered like half the world, right? And so as opposed to just one world, don't, don't restrict yourself to one world. They go across realms and there are different units from different realms in their army. So it's almost like, you know, it's um, not Attila, the Genghis Khan will turn up to castles and he'll do the whole sort of tent thing, white tent you know surrender you all live I, but you join my army then it was like the red tent all the men die black tent everyone dies um but if you do the white tent thing you've got like you've joined you've now joined the mongolian army so you, you'll have like regiments and units in there with a slightly different vibe but they're not from the realm of death and you might have they've made their way across all the realms just a path of destruction so you know that could be your 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 thing is the stick is not one realm lot all the realms or a bunch of the realms because you know they're making their way across to smash sigma's face in you know who doesn't want to do that i love it it kind of reminds me a little bit of what kragnos has done in the yeah. broken realm series where he's going around collecting parts of the the destruction tribe to eventually go get you know the shards of malice oh yeah yeah no yeah it could also be almost be like it's it's those two things meeting unstoppable force immovable object and all that um yeah no look Mongolian tribes sound cool though. That'd be wicked. A horse archer. Oh, get some horse art. And and oh god, because we've seen the new Attilian Rough Riders, Age of Sigma, fire them up. Stick them in with your slaves to darkness as like a marauder horseman. Oh, there's so many cool ideas you can do, and I know you've done you know awesome Daughters of Cain uh, Warcry Warband or actually no Warcry Warband. It was a whole Warcry table. Um, something that i saw recently with that i kind of like it blew my mind i'm like why didn't i think of that it makes me cry because i've still got the original i've still got the original kits and I, it was so simple and so in front of me i'm like why didn't i do that was your sisters of sigma your war, oh, yeah. war band with the sisters of battle combined with some Stormcast, and yeah. i'm like this is my favorite mortime war band how did i not think of that <laughs> yeah uh, that as soon as i saw them come out for kill team i was like they are because i've got sis, uh, sister the battle as well i was like i'm sorry i've got sister battle but they're not going in my sister the battle army they are getting turned into a war cry war band and i'm gonna again i went down a massive sort of like rabbit hole with uh the bloodwind spoil the bloodwind spoil had a map in war cry and there was one little thing that said lost valorum it was an ancient order ruined city and i was like cool that's where i'm going to base my um somewhere in there 
is a Daughters of Cain temple and they work around smoke and mirrors and shadow magic and stuff like that. So it's never been found by the tribes because it's buried under like mountains or whatever. So no one's been actually able to find it apart from maybe some slash warbands and Daughters of Cain and Slash don't get on. So I had this whole narrative of like in this massive labyrinthine um, uh, temple, there's like a war going off between the red-skinned um, Daughters of Cain and like a bunch of slashy things are converted. But then I thought, I'm going to turn Lost Valorum into my Mordheim. And we've got the Witch Hunters now. And I decided I was going to make a little temple inside um, of Lost Valorum because it's all ruined, a bit like Mordheim. Uh, and it's like a Sisters of Sigma temple. And they're going out looking for Varanite and not Warpstone. So they're collecting Varanite and storing it away. So a bit like Mordheim where they're getting all the Warpstone and storing it underneath. I was like... I may have just, you know, done my own version of Mordheim, but I don't care because <laughs> that's what the hobby's about. Uh, by the way, I think in your one of your like latest talks on the painting phase, you mentioned like I can't believe they haven't done Mordheim yet. I'm waiting for Mordheim. I'm like, surely they've got yeah. Battlefleet Gothic out. Warcry was never Mordheim for me. I'm like, no, come no. on, bring me Mordheim. I love this this cataclysmic. Uh, the comet has destroyed a city. Yeah. Everyone's trying to get you know their riches. There's all this craziness that's going on um that to me still captures my mad that and gorka morka again i think that mm. converting part of gorka morka where you just kit bash very orky just whatever it was yeah. such a cool game yeah i mean i think they're looking at trying to tick the box of gorka morka when they did the speed freaks game and they were going to look at doing some add-ons for it and stuff like that but it never it never took off i think the game itself was okay but most people just went it's just a game and it? it's just speed races but it I think was everyone... like Everyone was like, "Where that's Gorka Morka, surely." Yeah, it's Gorka yeah, Morka. exactly. Yeah, I mean, because they'd actually made those vehicles specific to that game, um, but then they became main range for for orcs as well. Um, but yeah, more time. It, I mean, I, I've got Warcry and I've got the kits from uh, Underworlds. I, I, I've played Underworlds a handful of times. I like the game, but it's not for me. I, I, I like the models; they are for me. Uh, but the the game itself, I, I struggle to get my head around. I'm not that kind of player. I like stories and um fighting and then resetting and respawn it just feels like playing like call of duty i'm uh, just like cool yeah here we go again i've died i've come back but taking all those kits more 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 hyming them up or more crying them up as i as i refer to it because i like Warcry, i like the type of game and you can get narrative out of it um but you really need to find that that group of people but again mm. more time um you know that's an opportunity just to do some cool new kits um have it small just build up like necromunda did you know it started off with a handful of things and now look at it so but, much going off of it but a lot of that also can help you with your inspiration like i remember seeing um the old warhammer quest when the very first age of sigma silver towers warhammer quest and mm. there's little little spider-like goblins where it's like they could be the spider fang version of the the stabber and then it kind of raises the question, well, what else does, what, what does a squeak spider look like? If I want to run squeaks and that's the war scrolls and I, I play competitively or I want to play it in game, well, what does that look like? And I think one thing I want to ask you, like we talked a lot of, about cool ideas and there's so many, right? Like I'm going to bring up photos and hopefully the stream doesn't crash again. But, you know, like you've got so many cool kit bashing conversions and ideas, but what does it mean to you? when you actually find a part of the mortal realms like if there's someone here listening to this going i've always painted box art or i don't know where to start or um you know why should i do the extra effort and read the books to to find that place in the in the law what does it mean to you to create something that's unique and special i, I think um 
that's how I've always been. I mean, even like back in the day before I even worked for workshop, I always went my own way with the color schemes. And I think that part of that is um, when when you're a kid and you're like painting stuff, like because I used to do airfix figures, I, I even I, I'd like get like Civil War Americans and like Napoleonic British, and I'd still make them up. Like I'm going to give them pink tunics and like yellow trousers um, because I can. And I think there's an element of that, but also. Um, I, I like looking at other stuff across history and going, how would they look like that? And that's how a lot of the stuff has come around over the years is just like being inspired. And obviously workshop can't say that they don't do that because they are inspired by a lot of historical stuff. That's you know where it kind of came from. But at the same time, it's it's using those. So like my ventrillions, I know, you know, 40K, but they were based off Napoleonics. Um, so, you know, it makes sense to, to do that. A, a, a lot of the Empire stuff is based off Langenex. So taking colours and push them to a different thing. Like, what would Langenex look like if they were modern day <laughs> or something like that? So, but that's, that's a really lame example. But if you wanted 40Kify it, then that would be perfect. Like modern day looking, you know, I say modern day futuristic laser gun guys that look like Empire. But it's... I mean, we were talking before we started, I've got this book, which is a beautiful, beautiful book. It's got a whole list. If you've never seen this book, it's just, it goes through all the states of like the empire. And it's just a selection of different colors. I don't know if you can see that particular one, but just so many different like color plates and then like little unit shots and stuff. Um, and you can just get like little snippets of, um, well, look, I've got like some guys here in like silver armor with red and yellow, but maybe if I get rid of the yellow and give them, gold armor and just keep it red so it's gold armor with red um so um, my it's because i pulled up a book my camera is so good, out. So good. <laughs> but like you know he, here's an example of just like here's like i've got a whole bunch of of images that i can share with you or i'll share you know within stream but it's so simple when you start looking at it it's just a simple head swap and it's it's yeah even what you mentioned earlier before the stream crash which around the stormcast eternals i never liked the helmeted stormcast for me when i read the stories about you know sigma creating the greatest warriors to be his army i asked the question well who are they yeah. where are they from why yeah. are they the heroes what are they done and, and i wanted that personality i wanted to see the faces so for me the, you know well before they started adding stormcast um human heads to their kits i was kit bashing with with um uh space wolf space yeah, wolf heads yeah, without yeah. with that and like i think we talked to as well uh, on a previous discussion the uh what's it called the the bearded the beard sprue the oh, yeah. um, the empire Beardy, white wolf sprue like yeah. going through the kit backs going right well i want these heads and i feel like they're going to be bearded heroes i want them to feel maybe they're in the realm of girths they're a bit more bestial boom this is the, this is what helps me tell that story it could be as simple as that and it could be yeah. you got a mate who plays 40k they play space wolves you're like do you have any spare heads i can borrow and buy and it can start as cheap as that you don't have to go out and buy a whole bunch of armies just to kit bash yeah a uh, quick disclaimer I, I didn't spot it until uh, until just before when the picture just on the far right there were the i guess gray hooded guys um, it was a retweet of someone else's army uh, i was uh, just like retweeting it uh, but it's fine because it's nice to have it there because it because I'd done some stuff, and then this person has seen what I'd done. I, I, for the life of me, I can't remember <laughs> the name because I'm terrible with names because I'm old. But it was really nice to see um, them take ideas that I've done. And then I like the way that they've used the um, Skitari weapons, which then 
because this is the great thing about converting and a great example and a great talking point is you can come up with an idea. I did my handgunners on the top there with the big uh, fire rate uh, weapons, but then someone's gone, I like that, but I'm going to use Skitari weapons because it's like Iron World Arsenal. It feels a bit more cog and mechanical and stuff like that, which I then went, that's a genius idea. Um, I'm going to take that and, you know, run with that with something else. So, you know, looking at other people's conversions becomes a really good melting pot for ideas. Uh, below there, I had loads of spare sisters of slaughterheads. And I just went, I'm just going to make my executions look a little bit different because they've all got the same helmet and it gets a bit boring. So why not? I think it is Rich, uh, Rich's bits. Uh, so um, uh, Ricky Smith, um, I think it's his. Uh, I don't think it's Rich Packers. It might be Rich, Ricky Smith. It might be Rich Packers. Oh, God. Maybe we're not, we're, not, we're, not, we're not trying to steal. I, I did. Uh, Peachy sent me a bunch of photos and being the person that I am, I didn't want to harass him for more photos. So <laughs> I was trolling Twitter, but here's an, here's a couple of examples to, to for mine where going, I, I started oh. looking in, like, you know, I wanted to tell some stories on armies on parade. It's something that I've really enjoyed in the last couple of years, especially during lockdown where, you know, I could present my, like, why do people do armies on parade? I love it because it gives me an opportunity to present my army when I'm at yeah. a tournament, you know, and, you know, you can see my Cities of Sigma down the bottom where I've got Noldoff, which is a spin it. of, well, it's a spin of Altoff, but yeah. like Lamia, where you've got new Lamia, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. new Altoff. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to tell a story where I have Skaven, again, very empire are tunneling underground into the city as my boys are going out. But I think, you know, that's where for me, I can tell a story and whether it is kit bashing and converting something simple, like at the top of there, where you can see my mega gargant holding yeah. a shield, which is the Stormcast endless spell dias that I don't think anyone's ever used. But, <laughs> Looks cool. You know, but then I've also got, you know, the bottom right hand corner, I've got my more crusher that has a mangler squig head. So it's not just for fancy people like Peachy who are games yeah, workshop yeah. people. Like this is something that I highly recommend and you can have a lot of fun with. Yeah, I think, you know, there, there is that misconception that it's a privilege when you work for a games workshop that you get access to everything. You don't, you don't, you still have to buy stuff. I mean, I do. I always go to the shop and buy stuff. I, I, we don't have like trays of like bits surrounding the office that you can just dive into. It's, it's never been that. I mean, yeah, if you're lucky, you can get a kit. But there was always that misconception that we just like, we could just walk to the factory and help ourselves. It was like, no, you have to pay for stuff. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Um, but I, you know what I do like is that village using the Empire stuff. Um, that because i always wanted to do like a little sort of encampment and i love it it's just really nice seeing the guys just smash it and look how big they are <laughs> so, so I, don't, I don't know if you can see it there but i have a uh, a bit of a macgyver um the top right top left hand corner you can see the smoke that's yes. actually a it's actually usb powered vapor so when i'm at a tournament i actually got a little a remote control and actual smoke comes out in real life at a tournament so it's just a vaping Genius. machine yeah. It was a way for me to show the destruction as well that the yeah. Gargans, like, right, well, what are the Gargans doing? I'm like, I didn't want to tell the story of Gargans at home. I'm like, well, no. I want to see them raiding a village. What does that mm. look like? So there's, you know, again, it's just a way to tell a story that yeah. helps you elevate. And I think to me, that's some of the most joy that I've gotten recently in the, yeah. in the, in the, in the hobby. Uh, and uh, you can't just skim over Nordorf because that castle is amazing. I mean, you've got like the 
little cross bridges that you get from uh, Warcry for the raised diocese as like plaques. And then do I spot one of the realm gate there? I forgot what the realm gate, the hovering realm gate with all the flame. Is that what that is in the center? No, it's, it's a similar looking gate, but it's not the realm gate. It's but amazing my little, regardless. My little piece of resistance is the, um, I don't know if you see it, in the, the little gold statues. They're yes, 3D yeah. printed things of the Stormcast <sighs> statue at warhammer world <laughs> yeah i just saw at the bottom i was like i could see stormcast didn't click that you've just done the actual uh oh, it's genius you genius genius man love it <laughs> oh. but look it's not the coach show this is the this is the peachy show and i want to talk about how do i bring this to life i want to i want to distill this a little bit, a little bit further and be literal here because hmm. we talked about the ideas of how great kit bashing is and why you'd want to do it and why you want to tell a story through your paint your conversions your kit bashing your you might write a story i wrote a story um inspired by i think it was oh, yeah. uh, uh, math mellow i think it was i saw on twitter um he wrote a little story that went with his army list and i wanted to bring that story to life with my tournament lists you can go as deep or as shallow as you want when it comes to telling a story but where do you draw your stories from? Like, how do you get started on a project? Let's say you're going to start a new army, new year, new army, whatever that might be. Yeah. You know, something you haven't already worked on. How do you start this process? I think sometimes is I, well, I say sometimes, most of the time I'll have a quick look over the web store and I'll just peruse the different factions. And I don't just keep it to like Age of Sigma. I'll start looking at stuff for like 40K and stuff like that. Um, and I will look at like sometimes it's the color that draws me and sometimes it's like a particular helmet or something um that it, it's weird because a lot of the time when i'm just like like the sisters of sigma i just saw the kit and i didn't see sisters about i saw sisters of sigma so sometimes there are things in my head that just go that's a sister of sigma um and the other thing there as well where you got is the cypher lords i didn't want the cypher lord helmet i didn't like it and I, I'm, you know, it's a great sculpt, you know, there's no doubt about it, but I wanted mine to look slashy. So I just used like the um, sleekers, uh, the cavalry, because they get like two heads heads in there. So I just had all these like turban heads and I had these like helmeted heads. Sometimes it is, I see a body and go, I want to do something with that, but I don't want it to be that head. I don't like that head. And I'll start looking at other heads. And then I saw the slashy ones because I knew it was going to be a slash vibe. And I was like, yeah, they're perfect. And a lot of it's test fitting. Because I, I have years of collections and stuff, I can look at like, you know, um, Empire um, heads and go, would that work on this? And I just start dry fitting things, going, no, that's a terrible idea. And a lot of it is blue tack or sticky tack, just trying things here and there. But sometimes, um, sometimes it is historical based stuff. So um, I'll be like, you know what, knights with muskets. That's a th that's been a thing. There was that time between, well, I say knights, men at arms, um, where full, fully armoured soldiers have got like muskets. Surely there must have been a thing. And you start looking through, it's like, well, there's kind of a thing. They've got a breastplate and a helmet, but it's very empire. What about fully armoured, completely coated with muskets? That must be a thing. Um, I've recently got into this thing called Turnip 28, uh, which kind of goes in that, it uses like different plastic kits and it gives knights muskets basically um so that was where i first saw that i was like that must be an interesting thing i can do for age of sigma um so it's like the iron world arsenal so you kind of mix free guild here then and iron world arsenal and make your own sort of norn uh so you've got like your own you know city that's like the gray gray water fastness but it's not the gray water fastness it's something else um and then because of that 
again this is like springboarding idea this is all spitballing by the way. i'm just making this up as i go along um so because i've not decided i'm gonna have fully armored knights but with muskets um that and the iron world arsenal a lot of it we show like cogs working like the steam power that's not like you know springs and well, it might be springs but it's not like modern day techs it's gonna be a lot of cogs it's gonna be you know old-fashioned uh, mechanisms uh, i'd look at admech because they've got those rifles they've got like the salad helms the sci-fi salad helms is that a lens or is that a gem is that like a, a special sort of seeing gem that's like maybe several gems all lined up so in their bale sort of bionic eye it's not actually uh, a weird sci-fi lens at all it's it's some weird realm stone that's been polished to a, a fine surface so you could see further and then align your gun to it um so yeah a lot of the time it, it is looking at a kit or a helmet or an arm or a, a, or a body like these and going yeah i'm going to file off the fleur de lis and just give them circlets and then just give them swords and shields uh, i think the trick as well is like like with these is knowing i mean i've been here for you know doing it for years knowing some of the kits because i wouldn't say i've like got a matrix heads up display of all the kits that have ever been made but you, you kind of get a general gist of some of the kits that are out there and folks on the instagram or twitter will go you know i'm thinking of doing this you got any ideas of what kits to use uh, so obviously you know you draw upon your experience but i knew that the uh, the hammers of sigma hammers would fit perfectly so i could do great swords but they're not great swords they're great hammers and i'll give them you know the title of sisters of sigma and then the ones with swords can be novitiates and then the lady down there drawing a sword she can be a sister superior you know, again we're drawing on the mordheim thing there is no bold-headed nun lady in robes so i madly decided to get the triumph of saint catherine and turn that into a kit bashing kit which i've used for lots of things so she's one of the um retainers from that that funeral procession with the uh with the saint on it and just a good kit for anyone out there kit bashing is and I've, I've probably said this on the painting phase numerous times blood bowl kits blood bowl kits are like a converter's dream because you have so many open hands of different scales so you've got elf scales you've got even things like the um uh the snotlings are perfect for like slight humans like daughters of cain uh, because they're a bit smaller a bit slighter and a little bit like not gangly and pointy but because i was doing some conversions recently and i was like yeah snotlings are quite good for that the elves the athel lauren l um lauren avengers the perfect but then if you wanted something like big and ogreish there's big and ogreish things there's like the mm. ogre um so there's lots of different scales of um blood bowl kits now where you probably fit any kind of category of of mortal realm creature within there and then once you've took off the arms you've got all these like people missing the hands you've got i'm sure across your bits box spare weapons with hands attached to it uh, that you can just then have like weird barbarians make make a weird army out of all them or a war cry war band but you know i've i've used loads i, I turned my um you won't see them because um, i don't think you put them up um which is the i turned the athel lauren avengers gave them a load of uh black art corsair cutlasses and the hand weapons because they're the same scale or and even i think it's some of the um the shadow warriors uh, they have like the gloves i always find if you've got gloves are great because it hides multitudes of sins you don't have to line the wrist with like the arm uh, you can just cut it off a bit and then you've got a glove especially if it's a glove that flares out um so yeah a lot of the um pirates and shadow warrior kits were great for doing stuff like that in fact there's some pirates that you did pull up some pictures of and um, i did i think i called them the pirates of the caribidis uh, Car caribbean sorry ones. 
yeah those guys yeah so i've got um eternal guard there i use those i've got some uh, shadow warriors but yeah um just cutting them off at certain places like you see i've got a mixture of weapons i've even got a dark elder archon two um executioner stroke blackguard but they're like the bosuns so i've got my captain i've got his two bosuns and then just a whole mangle of warriors and 40k plenty of witch elf based or dark elder witches heads from them blades from them um yeah there's 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 a lot of things when you start filtering out just from like age of sigma like i said blood bowl 40k um so yeah uh, that's that's a great example of just yeah they're all spare weapons and if i had some blood bowl guys i'd stick them in there as well it's funny you mentioned that because when you start with a concept you really open yourself up right um I am very vocal that I'm not really a big steampunk kind of guy, but I, when I was doing my Tempest Eye, I really wanted some KO, but I don't like KO. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, KO people. It's just not for me. It's not my my hobby. So I thought to myself, how do I KO my army, still make it feel KO because I wanted to go to tournaments, but make it feel like me? And yeah. you mentioned Blood Bowl. I put yeah. halflings on my on my balloon boys. I used half. I got I got the the KO weapons, but yeah. I used halflings because to me that is Empire. That is my cities of Sigma, and that was a nod to the past. And I'm like, the Blood Bowl kits were really good, but you mentioned you know when you start expanding your horizons. Um, I've been, you know, my daughters are Kane, for example. When they brought out the um the the new hero, the um the not oh, the slaughter queen, the one name. Yeah, the, the high gladi gladiatrix yeah. or gladiatrix. I'm like, I want two of them in my army, but I don't want the same kit. Yeah, yeah. And I looked over the fence, and there's is it Leliath, L yeah. Leliath, the, yeah. the the dark um, Eldar slaughter queen looking. I'm like, you would be a great second, you know, carve off a little bit of the 40k stuff that might, yeah. you know, might not quite represent my army or looks a little bit too weird. Give her a crown like the daughters of Cain have, you know, spare heads and she looks no different. There are so many things that convert really well. And the reason I mentioned earlier that I wish that I thought about the, the sisters of Sigma earlier was that I, my Stormcast have a no old cast policy <laughs> where I only want Thunderstrike. I did. Yes. I, I, I do yeah. not like the old, I don't like the old chunky Stormcast. Yeah. Same. So, but I'm like, I'd, I'd like to run some evocators. I don't want the chunkier versions, but mm. how do I still represent the cloaks and how do I still represent what feels like an evocator without going and, and, you know, converting and, and green stuffing my own robes. Boom. That, that um, sisters of battle is a lot sleeker. And if I just slightly modify it, it could be my evocators without, you know, breaking the thing that I'm trying to create. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was looking at like the sister battle because they have, I love their salad helms as well. And you've got the full helm on as well. They look, they do look like cool looking knights. So you, you can play around with that. But there's like cables here and there around like the, the gun. I've got like, this big cuirass here with the shoulder pads. Once you paint that the same color as the armor, it's not that noticeable. So it just looks like a, a weird stylized kind of gorget or bit of like armor that comes around. So a lot of it is just paint solutions. Um, I mean, I filed off the fleur de lis off one shoulder pad uh, on my um, uh, Sister Sigma that I did um, for the set. There's going to be some fleur de lis here. I'm not bothered by it. It just looks like a weird stylized twin tail comet. That's that's my version. Um, but yeah, fine off here and there a little bit. It, it they, they just jump in quite nicely and again it's the painting as soon as like i put like blue and white because that was the color scheme i i went for i know back in the day it was there was red and 
white or red and cream but there was also like some blue and white ones that were done for the old Mordheim book that's why I went oh, okay, blue and white that's the ones I always painted mine as um but I mean I've got a whole bunch of dark Eldar heads on these pirates and they don't look out of place in a weird way maybe the one with the glowing blue eyes potentially but then I'm not that bothered by it I still think he looks cool um but yeah I mean it's it is sometimes just as simple as yeah like a model from a different range like you're saying with Lilith and you just go you know what just take that got the base body maybe use some different weapons here and there or swap off some bits I mean I really like when I do my Daughters of Cain conversions using the Kinneri and the Malusai kits because you get so many spares from those and then just oh. doing like swapping around I mean I made up my own Malusai there just using a um uh, well it's just a mixture of stuff that one on the far right I think is the Sorceress from the Dragon and then just using like the odd uh, head from here there's like a pauldron that's from the Malu uh, the Malu side on one side there's a little bit of the armor that goes around the waist fill some gaps as well if you've got like the odd gap here and there this now this is interesting there's um I, I i'm a big fan of red sonia and that whole kind of dynamite comic stuff you've got lady death and you've got someone called purgatory who basically is like a red demon lady and as soon as i saw that art i was like i'm doing my daughter's a cane like that because red skin and the trick is painting red um you either you can go too orange or you can go too pink and the key for this was using flesh as highlights that put it into that organic flesh tone because what we used to do with the orcs when the orc had its final highlight it wasn't like a green it was a flesh tone like kisler flesh or cadian flesh tone and the same principle works here we do it for like tau when you the last highlight and tau isn't like a venerizian gray or blue horror it's like a flesh tone and mm. um, again kislev so as soon as you put that flesh it, uh, it's humans the way we work so like when we add blood to to models weapons red blood you, you know it's blood if you put black on it it's like oh is that oil has he got like weird oil on his weapon has he got like weird gunk like pus it's, but if you soon as you put red your brain fills out it's blood so when you highlight with flesh your brain works out this oh skin otherwise it just look orange or pink that's the danger of doing it but yeah i really enjoyed uh doing these super simple as well simple color palette well it just shows you that you don't have to go crazy with kit bashes and conversions to tell a story you know what i'm seeing here especially the first two models are very relatively stock standard like yeah you've got a head swap here and there yeah. but most of this is you haven't gone and got a whole bunch of bits to to create something unique it's been a color scheme that's striking yeah. unique is inspiring it's funny you mentioned that too because um my, during third edition um i wanted with my daughter's a cane to bring in a ally phoenix but hmm. i'm like i don't want a high elf looking phoenix in my daughter's a oh, cane yeah. that looks bizarre so much like you i got the dark elf sorcerer converted up to be a bit more daughter's a cane but instead of painting it like fire or like frost i painted it like blood so oh, wow. again a little simple way yeah. to tell a blood phoenix that still kind of nice. matches my army, but is not crazy over the top. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I still I need to get myself the avatar came from 40k and do that as the animated idol. I've got loads of plans for doing that. Um, and I, I think I was before I left workshop, someone was asking me on Twitch um, what kind of shields to use. And you've got like the perfect size shield with one of the Slanesh, uh, the Slanesh um, Keeper of Secrets has like a whole multitude of options. And one of them is a round shield. You could easily make that look elvish in design. Uh, it's the same scale pretty much. So I'm going to go for all, uh, the old hop-like kind of vibe. Uh, I don't know if it just feels right. It just feels right. Well, 
Well, it's easy for me because my Daughters of Cain was inspired by, and this is canon. Like this, so this is this is going to upset some some law masters. But in sixth edition, you remember this? You had the Storm of Chaos campaign where yeah. um, the Marathi made an alliance with Slanesh, <laughs> and you had actually a combined Slanesh Daughters of Cain, what you would call back in fantasy days. Um, and I did a lot of inspiration. My army was um, yeah, it's brilliant. Drawn from, it. Was drawn from that, and like Marathi's got like a claw, and um, I've got the old slave girls from the six. Oh yes. from, from yeah, I've got them riding my not my my cauldron of blood is actually using glutos again, very slanashy yeah. type daughters. There's so much opportunity to tell a story, and let's go through some of the other photos too. But I wanted to call out a comment from Paul from the Mortal Realms, asking, you know, how do you how do you start this process? Right, you got an idea, you're inspired by a story, you're inspired by something you've saw, or you you got an idea. Like I saw a great um, Armies on Parade last year. You'll love this one. I don't know if you saw it. It was um, someone doing like those those Roman chariot races, but they used the Stormcast new chariots, and I thought. Yes. That's brilliant. Like that's such a great idea. Yeah, no, uh, it's it's so tricky. I mean, you know, Paul, I've I've known him for a good while now. It's you know he's, he's really into you know also I think he's got every bit possible that Games Workshop's ever had. So if you ever need to ask someone about a bit, that's the guy. He's going to get completely filled with traffic now. Um, yeah, I mean, there's going to be things out there that's going to like tweak your interests. Um, I mean. Who doesn't like those? I mean, in fact, so I'm just I've got so much stuff in my brain that I need to download. So the um the new Stormcast chariot, weirdly, I really like the archer off the back of it. And I was like, I want that archer. I'm not sure I'm gonna do anything with that chariot yet, but I want that archer because he looks mega. And I for my war cry warband, I want one archer and I want him. I'm gonna buy that chariot, and then at some point during like whatever conversion i'll find a way of using that chariot in warcry whether it counts as a monster or whatever and find someone else to crew it with that you know that with a bow like a vigiler or something like that so um so yeah sometimes it is you, yeah history is great it's a great source of inspiration looking through books i mean i've got loads of napoleonic books with loads of different like colors and uniforms and stuff i picked up a book years ago it was uh, I used to get this from the library um, when I was very young. And it's just like regiments from like the 15, 1600s. Uh, it's just full of color plates of like lots of different things. And sometimes you can just look at that and go, I can imagine that color scheme with an empire head. Um, or I can imagine that color scheme, but it's armor and not so like Stormcast. I imagine those colors on full plate armor with maybe a tabard. I also go back to your point as well um, about, yeah, Thunderstrike. It's the only way forwards. I mean, I at the time I liked the Liberators and the Judicators because they were the only ones that I still felt they were a bit clunky. And then I fell in love with the Sacrosanct Chamber, and I still like them for different reasons. I just want them in the same sort of proportions that the Thunderstriker in, um, because I love. I mean, I've done a whole load of stuff on um, Twitter and Instagram recently where I've just done metal armor. I've not gone color. The color is the robe, so the color of my Storm Host is the robe. So I've done silver armor done like a light gold wash the whole lot i mean i've just and they made them look scratched and muddy and inspired here by the movie excalibur because they want them to feel a little bit dirty because later on in excalibur when they're looking for the holy grail you've seen the knights and they're all like rusted up and their armor's all covered in like mud and all sorts and they just look like they've been out for years questing um so that's the kind of vibe i went with them it was like giving scratched up dull dirty armor 
but the thing that really striking on them is the is the robe, which is blue. Um, so again, yeah, films, books. Um, I'm sort of, that sounds mad. Sometimes when I'm riding home, I'll overtake a van and the van is like a really light silver with a really sort of like orangey yellow stripe down the middle of it. I'm like, that's really cool. Those two colours work really well together. I wonder what that would look like on a Stormcast. I wonder what that would look like on an Empire guy. So sometimes it's just like you just see colours or like logos or like packaging um, that just have like certain colour combos that work. You don't, and this is the thing, you don't have to have gone to college and done art and design and gone to university and learned colour theory. Most of the things out there like Workshop has all the artists that have done the colour theory for you. There's plenty of packaging and graphic design artists out there that make things like food packaging and box art for like Hot Wheels, cars and stuff like that. You don't need to do all the thinking. Just look at what other people have done because graphic designers know their field. Um, so, yeah, in short, you don't have to be an artist. You can just look and go, that works. I like it. If you like it and your brain's going to like that, it's because someone else has done the hard work for you. So you don't have to. Uh, well, it's, it's funny you mention um, that photoshopping, right? And, and Ricky's in the chat, Kitbashed, um, who has you know taken that to the next level. Where I'll oh, see yeah. him, he'll he'll you know if you're comfortable in Photoshop or something you want to learn, I see him grab parts from like the, just the Games Workshop website. We'll Photoshop a head onto yeah. another body, and instead of you having to spend all the dollars to test and learn, you can literally use you know Paint, Photoshop, whatever it might be. Um, but you also still have. Um, you have a whole bunch of ideas that you could just pull from that's already yep. readily available to you. Um, I, I've seen other people on Twitter, for example, and, you know, sorry, I, I can't think of your name at this point, but I've seen them do this, like this series of just what if type kit bashing ideas, just purely off Photoshop. There are so many ways yeah. that you can go down and just yeah. even like, you know, I, I saw JBA talking about the prime. That's the only model. The Celestin prime is the only old cast rule that I break but yeah. I had to use Indras's wings to make it feel a bit more angelic as opposed to the the light shards that come out of the prime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, Ricky Smith is a genius and uh, the things he does, but you don't you don't have to have photoshopping skills to do this. One of the things we used to do back in the day in the army painting team was we'd get like heavy metal um, colour sections um, or like photographs and we'd copy, photocopy them in black and white so it grayscales and if you thin down a color like a contrast and coat over it you can try it because you've almost got like the shade and the highlight and done all you're doing is just changing the tone of that grayscale and that's really a, 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 the simplest way of like going are these colors going to work and then you just get like some gray gray scale photocopies of stuff and then just work around that and it, and it usually nine times out of ten it helps you get your test model i mean i always do test models anyway and i'm in the painting process if it's the same army and it's the same color scheme i've done a hundred times i probably don't need to but if it's a new model like let's say a lumineth model and i'm like you know what there's different textures here the robes form in a different way um there's all sorts of like uh, yeah like these guys i mean these were done like as like ventrillion nobles but again it's like it was a new kit never painted it before and i was like how how do i so i've done ventrillion nobles I've painted them many times for my 40k. It's magenta. I have white trousers and I have black armor gold trim. But these have got different textures on them. These have got different things in different placement. Yeah, I've put the the Skitari weapons on there as well. So that's a different thing to what I'm used to. So always do a test model when you've done something a little bit out there or a little bit 
different from the norm um, because you will be snagged by things that you weren't expecting like all that white trim <laughs> i was like oh my god there's a lot of white trim on these um and little tassels as well so you know how you break that up um but yeah it's you can make it really you can invest a lot of time into stuff and do a lot of research but sometimes it is just i always go with like my heart when i'm doing like conversions um if and i, and I know one of the questions you asked is like you know if have you had ideas of conversions that you've gone that's worked really well old ones like, that's cool but i don't think that'll be a finished piece um and i've had that many times you know when you're in the process of building that you you get a feeling and you think this isn't working i the Sisters of Sigma um, lady, uh, you know, you got the picture of the Sisters of Sigma. So the one uh, you've got like her drawing the blade out front and center initially on Instagram. And I think Twitter, I gave her a burning brazier on top of her head uh, with flame coming out of it. I thought I'll go full Warhammer sort of like weirdness here and give her like a big burning head because then she can just smite her face and burn them. And it looked stupid. It, it felt right for the um the law and the background of what they'd be because it's kind of taken that flagellant vibe and put it into a more of a age of sigma sort of setting and it it looked okay but the part of me was just like mm, uh. and as soon as i get that i'm like no get rid i'm doing the umming and the airing if i'm doing umming and i'm doing airing it means there's something not right and i need to get rid um and i just took it off and i was much more happy because it looks a bit like one of those flat style um medieval helmets but it's got spikes coming out of it it's actually one of the things on the prosecutors you know uh, the prosecutors get those no uh, not the prosecutors the retributors get those little tilting plates that go on the side oh uh, yeah yeah i've been, I've been raiding the black templars like i all uh, my yes. all my stormcasts are based off um so i'm maltese uh, i'm australian maltese and the knights of malta or the knights uh the knight hospitalis yeah. based themselves in malta in the end and that drew me to my inspiration of the white nice. and red and i was reading a lot of black templar bits and get like you know a lot of their swords and the iconography because it's maltese yeah um but it's interesting because like once you go down this route you do need to think about is this something i can execute across the entire army is it something that I'm just happy with one unit? Is it something that I could test as a war cry army as you've done? And if the war cry works and you really enjoy it, maybe you then expand it into a full army because yeah. the challenge I now have as a stormcast player is if I want to continue and new kits come out, or I want to bring out like Dracolines or other ideas, I've got to get all those Stormcast bits. I need to get the Black Templar bits. I need to think about how do I robe and, modify my kits with green stuff or whatever it is to keep the same theme or do i think about a story where maybe they're not all just from one regiment but a mm. combination of regiments and how do i still you know to your cities of sigma um how do i still tie it all in where i, I know it's a bit of a potato cam here but they're all different kits there's you know elf kits dwarf kits human kits but they still feel like a unified army yeah. How do I do that? And I think that's the question we can all ask ourselves is how do I unify it in some theme, idea, concept? Yeah. I, I think the bit that there's several ways you can do that as well. And this one was great because it was the color palette. So it was like that white, that blue and the gold was across everything. And it was the same sort of process of highlighting and shading. Another thing that I've done in the past where I've had like an amalgamation of forces feels like a ragtag force is it's the basin and maybe one thing that's shared across them all. Um, and it could just be the banners. It could be that they all have the same style banner. They could all have like the same 
tones of color on the banner but they might have different sigils on it um the pirates i did um they're all different builds they're all different constructions but they had a similar color palette running through so they've got that that warm red but then that really cool sort of like dark jade but in some places i've flipped it round and this that and the other so as again you know they're all very different looking apart from the ones at the bottom very unified i suppose but when there's 30 of them and you mix them all up they do look very ragtag and that that that's the, the other side of it is that color palette when you've got lots of things of different shapes and sizes in one unit that looks a bit eclectic when it's in gray plastic that color scheme as long as you keep it strong and follow it through so tunic's gonna be red and it's gonna be this bright warm red as long as i maintain like any kind of like skirt that's hanging down or like sleeve that's coming down here is going to be that color palette and the cloaks are all going to be like this weird dark jade where i put the gold where I put that dark red lacquered armor, it doesn't really matter because um, you've got that tying through that effect, or even just like the old color, like the sash on the two um, uh, executioner guys. It's like the sash and the cloaks have those colors running through it. So, you know, it, it's weird. It's like, yeah, it, it's it's the color scheme sometimes running through. And if it's a massive eclectic and you want it different, tie it in with the base. Because these are based the same as the um, Halligild army or my red. Um, realm of fire Halligild stuff is based the same so when it's together it still weirdly looks unified because it ties it all together it's mad i'm mad uh, <laughs> mate you're, you're you're a mad lad but, <laughs> no, no but 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 it's like really thinking at the concept and that's kind of why i want to spend a bit of time on the inspiration and how do you do it right because the practical application we can talk about this very easily you know what are the tools we use and how do we do it like that that is is test over time i think it's more mm. about the mindset of you know not having a fear of failure you know it is just plastic like okay you ruined a kit it didn't work okay great bit of yeah. plastic you painted a wrong scheme it didn't quite work whoop de doo go get some some um i don't know simple green or some type of uh, you know an ultrasonic cleaner and you can strip a model pretty easily and try again or paint yeah. over it like like yeah. these things are are not hard but it's it's the planning, it's the preparation. Even something that I think about as well is if I want to go and play at like a Games Workshop store or a Games Workshop event or, you know, enter on Armies on Parade, I need to think about do I need to stay in-house and do all Games Workshop type bits or do I start look at 3D printing and, you know, alternative kits and, you know, there's, there's a lot of great, for example, my uh, some of my Stormcast have drawn from, I think it's Spellcrow, Spellcrow hmm. have um, some pre-made tabards. So if I'm not comfortable sculpting and doing tabards, but I do want to have some tabards on my Thunderstrike Stormcast, there are people who make those kits. But yeah. that may make me ineligible, you know, in an Armies on yeah, Parade yeah. or I might get asked the question. So I need to think about, is this going to impact me or do I draw from the, the, the wonderful emerging world that is 3D printing? And hell, I got someone um, recently to... So, for example, right, like I want that that Stormcast with the, the Maltese crosses and I wanted them on the shoulder pad on the left-hand side of my Thunderstrike. Mm. The problem is, is that all of the Space Marine um, Maltese crosses are too big. They don't fit yeah. Thunderstrike. Yeah. And no one makes – so I, I actually got someone to actually custom make me a STL file so I could 3D print my own Thunderstrike-themed um, Maltese crosses. Yeah. So, you know, that is an emerging market that people are happy to, happy to do yeah. too. 
Yeah, I mean, you could argue it's green stuff, right? Um, no, no one's once it's painted, no one's going to. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't care because it looks cool. I, I think that's the thing is like knowing what you, you you're going to do with it because you know you want to go to tournaments and play games, and you know there is the rules where you can't use certain things in certain places, which is a bit frustrating. It should be the same rule everywhere, really. Um, you know, I, remember, I was saying like on the painting phase, it's like back in the day, it used to be seventy percent of the model had to be Games Workshop as long as the rest weren't. But if, can I just quickly get back to those pirates? Because this yeah, is yeah, please. Please. of like inspiration and like where it all comes from or like um how you plan it out so i think the key thing when it when it comes to any kind of color schemes um you you need to do a couple of things we, it's going to go down the route a bit arty farty but there's like things called warm colors and cold colors right and you sometimes if you have too much of one and hardly none of the other it look it it looks weird and it's jarring and you you know, a home painting go, why does that not feel right? It's probably because you've got, it's all warm colours and there's no cold. So a great example is like Eldar. They have like, you know, Iandon is all yellow. It's warm colour, but they have blue or like magenta kind of cold looking like gems on them. That balances it out. Just that little bit here and there helps balance it out. So here on these, my warm colour is the gold. It's that red. Um, you could even argue maybe like the the leathers aren't super cold there you know and the lacquered the black lacquered armor but that jade cloak is cold and that helps first of all balance the model out i know it sounds weird and artifacty but it does help balance the model out so when you're picking your color schemes have a spot color that's the majority of one so whether that's warm or cold and then like maybe a secondary color here and there that's that's going to be the the offset there so if you've got lots of warm you want something that's cold on there and that could be blue steel weapons so my daughters are cane that are red there's black leather which is just black jet black uh they've got red skin they've got like burgundy hair but the thing that they have got is cold steel metallic so any silvers have got blue washes on it so again you get the cold there so you've got all this like warm red black burgundy i mean you could argue that burgundy maybe is cold but it, it balances the model out um and then it's like the other things are just peripheries so a lot of my levers i tend to do my leathers certainly for my halliger which is like inky by darkness shade it with a black and then i just highlight gray um and in the color where you get something called monochromatic colors which are black white and gray you could literally paint your entire model with that and then just pick one color and it will work so if you pick red it will look fine so if you've got like black armor white flashes bit of grey and then red trim or red tabards or red cloak, your models will look amazing. So if you're ever in doubt, go mainly monochromatic and then pick one spot colour, like a blue or a red or a green. It's worked for the Raven Guard. It's worked for so many factions and colour schemes in the past. A great example, if we go down the old world, is you've got uh, Noon and there wasn't one on the top here, which I can't remember now. Oh, uh, Osland. Osland's black and white. Noon's black. They have another colour, mostly red. Um, Wissen, uh, Wissenland as well is like a light grey and a white. They tend to have a flash of red. Uh, Osland tends to mostly have a flash of red. So it's it's that old sort of like black, red and white look scary and they work. But you could do blue. You could do anything. You could do green. Um, but yeah, it's again, like I say, it sounds artified, but it is about balancing the colours on the model and your leathers, your steels, your metallics, you can survive with whatever you want with those. It's like a flash of warm and some of a cold here and there would, would help your, your models immensely. 
No, this 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 is this makes complete sense because um, the last project that I just did, the Stormcast, uh, I mentioned that they're primarily red with a little bit of white and black because mm. you know they're, they're, that's the triad, that's the colors that I was using. Yeah. But the challenge that I had was that lore in my head was they were based in Gur. You know, before Broken Realms came out, the idea that you know you had people in Gur, Stormcast weren't winning the war in Gur against the Realm of Beast. So I thought, how do I bring out like a a Stormcast army that's going to help in Gur? And that was where, you know, my questing, my questing, you know, Maltese Templar Crusade. I didn't want to, I didn't want to draw from like pure history of like, you know, Crusaders, but I wanted Stormcast to be crusading something. And it was to beat back, protect the shards of the old world in um, the City of Secrets. And that gave me a quest. But the challenge that I had was it was primarily red with black and white. Hmm. But Gur, as we know, are very red dirt. So it's like, yeah. how do I do red model with red base? It's too much red. It's too warm, not yeah. cold. So that's definitely something to consider. And I didn't want to just do another color because then it doesn't feel like Gur. Yeah. Yeah. I, basin is the is the thing that's going to snag a lot of people. And it's one of the things that I used to uh, talk about a lot on the hobby clinics. Uh, there's a basic principle, which is if you've got a dark model, do a light base. If you've got a light model, do a dark base. You instantly get a nice contrast there. You don't have to worry about it. If you have like my Halligild, an eclectic mix of color schemes and models and stuff like that, uh, there is this star base that you see on the screen here, which is what we used to use a lot back in the day when we did the old world stuff and even like early days, uh, Age of Sigma, which is a nice neutral tone. It's it's not quite sandy. It's not quite like thick mud dirt. It's it's sort of like in between the two and. We always used to use Mournfang Brown, dry brush it with like a, an ochre, so whether that's Baylor Brown or, or um, Talon Desert or something, and then a bone as a final highlight. And that, what I tend to do is I was really lazy, is I'd do a heavier dry brush where skulls were, uh, and then just do a little wash after, so I wasn't putting that much effort into paint the skulls, but it ties in with the base. So if you've got like lots of colours on the models, um, then that's a really, really good way of, um, you know, balancing it out but you want red right you want you want red for the gur how how do you get that with the with the red guys if i wanted to do like red martian bases here i'd either go down the martian iron earth spectrum so it's more orange so you've got a warmer tone there and i'd maybe dry brush that up with like ochres or like fleshy tones because then that would and I know it sounds like, but you've used flesh for your skin. Well, I've used Kislev flesh, not like Ungor flesh. The Ungor flesh is more like a bony kind of flesh. So maybe push it a bit further away. Um, or you could just darken it down. So if it's like a really bright red, you could darken it down with a couple of washes of red and like maybe a bit of black on there, a bit of Nornor, a bit of Agrax. So you're still seeing flashes of red, but it's a bit dirty and a bit dark. And, and uh, again, that you can still get the tone that you want that's narrative, but it still makes your model stand out. Does that make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. And it's it's amazing when you start playing with paints, what you can do. Um, I know Louise, um, I watched a tutorial of hers. Um, and I've seen a few other people do this where much like you, you um, have the silvers, um, but you want to have a bit more of a blue or mm. a red, or you can bring in the different colors to your um, to your metals. But also you can do the same on basing. Like one of the things that I had done was I had used more of like a bony type of deserty base, but then yeah. I brought colors in with like a really thin down uh, contrast paint, like, you know, one to six, one to eight type of more of a tint as yeah. opposed to like a, an orange. Cause then that would ruin me, but it's still tied in the world, but I still could tell the story. Yeah. 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 Tintin's great. Actually. Uh, Tintin. That's a different thing entirely. Uh, but yeah, just, 
um, glazing is one of those things that sounds like a mystical thing that's really hard and difficult to do. Um, but if you thin down a contrast, like you said, to like six parts water to one part contrast, you kind of got a bit of a glaze consistency there. It could be a little bit less, a little bit more, depending on what you want to do. Um, these was just using, initially I used to use the blue gem paint, but it was quite wishy-washy. In the end, I got Talisar blue and really thinned that down. And that worked great because what you could do is just, when you're glazing, you're not like washing, you're not doing an all over washing and pulling the recesses. You're doing like a, a layer across the entire section of everything. So it's tinting the the panel. So if you did the blade, you'd, you'd taint the entire blade, highlights and shades, all with the same level of um, coat. Um, so it's almost like your base coat and layering a model with paint. Um, and then that will just push the spectrum. And it's something I did on a, an old video when we used to sell the glaze paints, which was like four colors and we got rid of them, but you can't I've, get, I've, I mean, still, I, I've still got like five bo boxes, oh, of, boxes, five boxes of yellow, yellow. When yellow came off the market, cause it was used what I was using for my gloom spike kits. I'm like, I'd hit yeah. by every, everyone in FLGS. They're still, they're still hard to replicate because they were such good tones. Like I used to use Gulliman and Lamenters so much and even Bloodletter. I didn't think I used Weight Watcher that much, but, um, there was a video I did back in warmer TV early days, which was talking about glazing because a lot of people, there's two ways of doing glazing. You glaze to bring your, your shades a bit lighter and your highlights a bit, not too bright because sometimes it can be too bright. So certainly if you've done like almost like a white highlight on black, it's like Tron, but you can like thin down black and then do another coat and it knocks that, that white down to a gray. So glazing a lot of the time when you see like the expert painters, they're doing it to, to, to knock back the highlights and then bring up that that shade into like more of the mid-tone but it's still like got a bit of a subtlety to it the other thing is to knock them into different color spectrums so like using blue on red puts it more into a colder spectrum putting yellow on red puts it into a more warmer spectrum so if i used to use like yellows on blues and greens which then make it warmer um so again it's just that neat coat of it and doing it um, so that, that's the other thing you can do with glazes. So if you're thinking that your model is like, there's too many cold colors on it, I don't know how to fix it. Get like a, a yellow or like an orange um, and then just do like a glaze across the blade and it will suddenly go, ooh, that's added a bit of warmth to the model. Um, yeah, so uh, again, I do go into the realms of like being a bit sort of like, Oh yes. Well, if you're an artist, <laughs> you know all these things. No, no, but, but it's important learn. to understand color because sometimes you look at something, it's like, it's not quite right. It's like, and, and you can look at something, you don't have to go to art school, but just looking no. at the color wheel. And if you could just look at the color wheel and you look at complementary versus opposing, warm versus cold, if you just understand those two concepts and there's a lot of videos out there, oh yeah, that's, yeah, enough, to, that's enough to get you by. That's enough yeah. to help you create your own schemes. Absolutely. There's so, so many people out there helpful. I mean, the YouTube and the internet is great for that kind of stuff. So, I mean, if in doubt, I mean, I've been using weathering pencils and these AK interactive um, liquid pigments for basing. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I watched one of the videos. I was like, I now know what I'm doing. <laughs> so, you know, just a bit of research. It's literally like a five minute video or something like that. You, you can, you know, swat up quite quickly. Um, yeah, you don't. I mean, I've made all those mistakes over the years. I can just tell you in an instant. You don't have to go to art college and uni for seven years of your life and go, "Hey, I've drawn a million peppers in different colours, and I know what colours work together." Boring. <laughs> but yeah, you you you've raised a lot of good points because if you are someone who is starting your journey and you don't know how to cut, like I know um, 
cutting a model can be quite intimidating to people. Oh yeah. And it's like, you know, I don't want to ruin a model. I make the wrong cut. Where do I cut? I, again, there's so much, so many YouTube. I remember when, you know, you, you uh, and games workshop would just create those little hobby DVDs or even mm. back before, it was like how to paint citadel models there was no tutorial there was it was so hard to get this distilled information but now yeah. um i remember when when i learned a tutorial about green stuffing and how actually a combined 50 50 of milliput to green stuff gets a better outcome than uh, than actually going pure one-on-one because it has like the properties kind of mix really well um because yeah. i always find like sculpting with green stuff is quite hard at times yeah yeah, yeah. milliput gives me much more um, sharper lines, but it gives me the strength of green stuff. But there's so many great tutorials out there that if you are someone who's starting your journey and you don't know where to cut, how to pin, how to kit bash, you don't know um, certain, whatever it might be, there's just so many resources out there. And, you know, someone asked, you know, how would you make a base of Shimon? Mm. Um, I, I think for me, and I'll throw the question over to you in a second, it's, well, what is Shimon? Yeah. And I think that's for everything that I do. I start with the what and the why. What is it? Where am yeah. I? What's going on? And what does it mean to me? If if Shaman is about lava and metal, yeah. well, yeah. what does that look like? Yeah. I, it, it, we had the um, early days of Age of Sigma, talking about the realms. We were making scenery or making all sorts of like uh, bits and bobs for them. And... I did the realm of fire board to start off with and i was told that lava just because it's the realm of fire doesn't mean it's just lava it could be anything you know it's got all of the sort of geographical locations that earth has it's just like for for fire it's rapid it's um it could be like i, mean, I know i'm talking about fire we'll go on to metal in a minute but it, it is just a great example because this is how i learn uh, my to get my mindset into like making like bases or like scenery and stuff it's like fire is aggressive it's um rebirth as well so like forest fires you know obviously once they've gone past like you get new shoots coming through so it's that kind of circle of life is faster passionate well, I think, yeah i was going to say because i was reading um one thing that really helped me understand the mortal realms one was the there was a video i think it's off it's not on james workshop website anymore it used to be about the the mortal realms um hmm. It was a great video, but there's another thing that really helped me spark. It sparked ideas still to this day is the Soulbound RPG core mm. book. Yeah. So I'm not playing Soulbound role-playing games and, you know, I, I didn't bite for that, but it has probably a hundred, maybe even 200 pages of lore about the factions and maps and cities. And, you know, one of the things that really struck me is what you just said was that in Shimon, people are known to be fiery and passionate. Yeah, so it's yeah. not it doesn't have to be literal fire everywhere yeah, and you know yeah. the world is burning it's just that they're more hot-headed yeah like, absolutely okay. yeah so so you take that influence it's like maybe that you you know you could still have arctic bases um but you might have magma underneath it or it just it just it the, the glaciers are more aggressive um so going to the realm of metal kind of stuff you know what what defines metal you know it's it's sometimes it's alloys sometimes it's like a composite sometimes it's a mix sometimes it's liquid form um we talked about you know dryads and things like that so you know doing silver birches but making them not quite made out of silver but the bark itself has almost like a silvery sheen to it as if like it's been completely coated in slug so it catches the light so when you're looking like oh that looks a bit slimy but it's like catching light. imagine twilight you know the the 
rubbish vampires from that that glitter in the sunlight you know maybe the trees do that um vampires maybe that... maybe your base is glitter maybe it's literally maybe. Glitter. it could maybe be it's I mean, literally glitter yeah or it could be rust or it could be like you know it gives the effect of rust there's all sorts of routes to go down but if i was wanting to tick a box and go i'm doing realm of metal i'm going to make my base look metal but as I found through doing lots of painting, if I put like a couple of coats of like contrast over it, it still has its metallic properties, but it's really dulled down, but it looks like earth. Because I did this when I was painting um, some Stormcast for um, a paint guide and I'd sprayed them gold. And I thought I'll just use a couple of coats of Saigor Brown over the gold branch. I think it's Fast Riders, one of the Underworld War bands there because he stood on like um, a log. And I painted a couple of coats of um, Saigor Brown over it. And it looked like a it looked like wood, but it had a, a bit of a metallic property to it, but really subtle. And I was like, oh, I like that. Oh, I do like that. That that's that's definitely for me a realm of metal tree bark. Um, so it could just be that you'd like pick out like stones, do even like gold ingots here and there, or like lumps of like gold, and then like your your, your dirt looks a bit metallic, but it's not because it's got brown contrast over the top of it and stuff. So um, but yeah, I mean you, you can go full theme and style or just be a bit more subtle about it like it's it can be as literal or as yeah. transformative as you want like i'm more of a literal person yeah. so it could That's be fine. that instead of painting my stones you know um with mechanicus gray yeah. it's more gold silver and coppers yeah. um but then on the flip side it also could be and I remember reading the story about the relationship of um, Gairan and Akshi, hmm. realm of fire, realm of uh, of life, is that the realm of Gairan often trades with the cities of Sigma in in Gairan. Sorry, in in in, um, in Akshi, the the water, because the water from Gairan is just so valuable that it's actually yeah. a currency. So, you know, could that be the same thing that I bring into the realm of Shimon? Maybe it's the export piece and it's so valuable to others yeah. that maybe, you know, it's it's not about metals literally everywhere. It could be the most valuable asset and that's why it's it's only in armor. It could be the raw metal so hot and things that melt, maybe my, my people don't have helmets because they'll yeah. just be like, giving myself a burning crown like in game of thrones a liquid, liquid gold crown. <laughs> well it could be as well like, i mean you could say that like, this soil of shaman um is so rich that um and we're not even talking realm of life realm of life's different but uh, the, the realm of shaman is like it's, it's like a rich type of soil that your roots grow sturdier your plants are more hardy so maybe if you use that soil in the realm of fire it's going to survive like firestorms or it's going to fire survive like the harsh summers you know it's going to be more sturdy to it and stuff like that so and then getting the water from the realm of life which is just going to keep that, that going even more um it yeah it's you know you could go all down right down a rabbit hole <laughs> of like narrative based stuff but yeah but that's the exciting part. It's yes. about asking yourself why. It's it's about not jumping straight in sol into solution mode. It's not about, right, I'm going to have to do this. This is the one way of doing the realm of fire, the realm of life, the realm of, like, you know, the realm of shadow. I was thinking about my daughter's a cane being from the realm of shadow, you know, given mm. that's where um, Hagnar yep. is. And I'm like, okay, what does shadow mean? I'm like, okay, I could model my whole army around with cotton buds it's done well, yes true 
but it also could be like i remember looking at the dungeons and dragons um books and you know thinking about law the lore of the the drow elf yeah and i'm like yeah. okay well maybe the skin tones are less human-esque maybe they're more of the that grayscale yeah and i think that's where you know when we talked a little bit earlier about inspiration it could be pinterest and google and twitter and instagram it could be looking for people to see who like you showed a, a great picture of your lumineth conversions with mm. black armor yeah ha has anyone else done something like that has anyone painted green armor and you know google and twitter and all of these great places can help source and crowd ideas you can yeah. look at history you talked about history we got film you mentioned red sonja there's it's wherever you draw inspiration from i know my my stormcast dragons i drew inspiration from again dungeons and dragons and all the different types of colored dragons there are so my storm drake guard i've got a yellow i've got a blue i've got mm -hmm. a, a green because you know each of those have properties but then i look at like krondus and karazai one's more of a black dragon one's more of a silver white dragon because again those the the law within dungeons and dragons has some very interesting concepts good yeah. color schemes and i could bring my story to life and why yeah. each dragon is unique yeah i mean taking on that realm of shimon um vibe as well it's like you know all my dragons are metallics because we know in DD all the metallic dragons are goodies and all the colored ones are baddies um to a certain degree um but yeah i mean if you wanted stormcast riding dragons in the realm of shimon why couldn't they be copper why couldn't they be gold or at least the, to give that infusion of gold and copper you don't have to literally paint them copper and gold but to look like oh it looks like a coppery kind of tone um uh, yeah the drow thing is such a perfect example because I've, I've plenty of people ask me about like you know how do i do different things from realms and stuff and for me it, it, i still need to do it and one day i will do it but yeah i want to do like malusai but with spider bodies as driders um you know it's it's like something to happen weird when marathi was pulling these out of the pot something's not quite right with these ones we'll just shove those further into the realm of shadow because we don't talk about them but you know you, you could always like find some kind of lore aspect that that fits like spider bodied daughters of cain and bat winged daughters of cain that are a little bit more you know on the peripherals um i i even did um it was just for a random campaign uh, for this Warcry campaign i made a, a nice board for it and i had a whole plan of things to do and i never got around to finishing it off but i got the uh the grim watch um fleshy to court guys from underworlds and i only did one start off with but i painted one in black oily skin but with white hair and it had a drow vibe to it but also i was like oh these could be like the shadow demons that marathi refers to every now and again that she's surrounded by so you could have like in the corners when you start fighting like your warriors are on the peripherals of like the, the, the engagement these pop out and start trying to attack you because they're living the shadows literally so find anywhere on you know set your lights in such a place that you draw shadows on the board and that's where they are don't walk into that area because that you'll you'll get them out and they'll come out and start attacking you um yeah, I mean, that was just me randomly watching a Doctor Who because the shadow kill. There's like an episode with David Tennant where the shadows murder you. Don't go into the shadows because <laughs> you die. There's like weird creatures there. So I was like, oh, that's a great idea. But I'll do it with actual demon things that just like stab and murk people from the shadows. Like 40k, the um, uh, what they call mandrakes. They're from the shadow yes. realm. Yeah. This, I think, you know, from an inspiration perspective, there's just so many places, you know, Aussie Wargamer in the chat talking about fine art. You know, mm. you, Peachy, you've talked about history. We've talked about television and movies. We've talked about, you know, pop culture, you know, whatever that, you know, you can, I, I, there's a guy in my local community 
who um, Stephen Jury, you know who you are, um, converted his Lumineth to be in the style of World of Warcraft. Um, uh, and I'm not going to cool. try to pronounce. I'm not going to try to tell you the faction because I don't know the faction. <laughs> But it was like uh, people were going up to him at my my grand tournament, just absolutely blown away with that that World of Warcraft type theme into his kit. And again, like whatever you like, you can you know mash your yeah. worlds together, and it becomes part of you. It's unique. It's fun. It's different. And when you are at a tournament, when you are doing armies on parade, when you are just you know looking at your shelf, there's something to be really proud of. The not to say that, you know, you can't be proud of anything if you just do box art, but I look at that and that's uniquely me because it's a part of me. It's yeah. my army. It does make it a bit harder if I want to sell, but equally, <laughs> I don't want to sell it because I went above and beyond and this is my my unique piece. Yeah. Um, talking about that, um, I was um, doing um, some story time with the lad. It was like last year sometime. Um, I always do story time. I like to read storybooks at night time before I go to bed. And he's got one. I don't know if it's like something you get in Australia or anywhere else, but it's called Zog. Uh, and it's about a dragon. And there's a, a, a an author lady that does a lot of children's story called Julie Donaldson. And she has, I couldn't really talk about this online because it's like, you know, we can't talk about other people's product. But she has this story. It's like a rhyme kind of like um, a storybook. It's fun. It's about a dragon called Zog. And how he becomes a dragon and he has to like learn all these things uh, it's very kid kiddie based but fun uh, as an adult you're reading this is quite good fun he comes across the night he fights the night they make friends and they become flying doctors and there's another book called zog the flying doctors um and i was like karazai i could paint him as zog because he's like bright orange but there's weird and i don't know why because they did a tv uh, like series of it or a bunch of these julie donaldson books and there is a bunch of these guards in this king's castle and they look like empire but their colors were very different there was like teals browns and creams and a bit of yellow they had like yellow hats with like a bit of brown and a bit of teal it's like the pluffy kind of things i was like if i build up a couple of dudes i could probably make these guards because that color scheme really works that's really weird it should brown should be dull as hell but next to that like teal and then having like yellow on there with bits of white actually it's quite nice so i started i've not got around to doing it i will need to to finish them off um so i was going to do like a little play set of like these guards a giant dra <laughs> orange dragon but again we're talking like you know it could be as simple as like a storybook from a children's story that just inspires you and goes that color scheme shouldn't work but it's in black and white here well color in a book here and it works so uh i'm, I'm sold i might do a small handful of these soldiers because they look wicked so yeah children's stories who would have thought i think something that i'm getting more comfortable with is not everything needs to be an army yeah and i think i think Warcry and underworlds is helping me with that own personal journey no one's ever told me i have to do you know 2k but when i start a project i feel like i'm always committed mm. yeah. but i can have these little hobby detours and do an underworlds warband do an, a Warcry warband do a blood bowl team and if i something that i want to test and trial and you know what if i ruin a 50 dollar warband whoop de doo who cares uh, i don't have to go full into a 2k or i mean the, the age of sigma meta changes so frequently that you know you're constantly yeah. on the cycle of buying more models but you can keep something pretty contained and if it's just a Warcry warband it sits on the shelf after it's painted like that's cool and i tried a concept yeah. and if it really worked like i did um I did my mega gargants. I, I, I said to you earlier that I wanted to do flesh eater courts like um, the White Walkers. I wanted that yeah, yeah. again, icy, icy skin tone. I never got to it, 
but I tried that same concept on my mega gargants and it worked really well. So if I ever wanted to do a full, you know, lots of ghouls and things, I've either tested it or I've already satisfied that, that itch yeah. and I can yeah. do something completely different. Like is it blister skin that has the red skin tones, or I could go down more of the greeny type of, is it uh, one of the other, one of the sub factions. So there's just so much, so much cool stuff. But I, I want to talk to you a bit about like some of your kits and some of the things that you you um you draw from because I think that's yeah. where when I look at some of the kits, I'm like, I seem to go to a lot of the same kits often because they've just got yeah. so many useful parts. Do yeah. you have any that like you draw from? I think uh, early days, certainly like the Age of Sigma stuff, um, uh, Sigma stuff is great swords. Um, I, there's something about that body um, which is perfect because you've got like the the cuirass breastplate and you've got like the nice legs and some of the like walking poses. The state troops like the spearmen, the handgunners are really hard to convert because although the state troops are okay, like the spears, stroke, halberd guys, some of them don't have shoes. Yeah, and there's so much detail. I mean, this is the thing. Sometimes it's like it's overly detailed, so then you have to paint all these extra things, which sometimes end up being unless you want that, that's fine. But if it's the same pose five times with the same hourglass and the same playing card on it it annoys me if i want to add detail i want to make everyone a little bit different from each other i don't want to have this molded blooming hourglass for the fourth fifth time because it's doing my head in and it's really hard to cut off because it's attached to like a part of the leg or whatever um so the great swords are great because they're empty pretty much and you can add scabbards and you can add pouches so if you want to go that extra level you you, you can go that but then that head fitting the little sort of ball socket kind of thing is like perfect for a lot of heads um the arm the torso width is perfect for a lot of different torso uh, weapon options so like even like skatari um, imperial guarders are found um and a lot of the newer kits that are coming out so i found early days great swords were perfect for just like nailing lots of like different ideas of color schemes and units and warriors i mean i use those so much when I, I did a um when it was the early days of the grand alliance you had militia uh, and i guess they were a bit broken because they could chuck stuff and it used to murderify most i mean i killed scarbrand with militia because i chucked stale bread at him and he just died um so so but they got nerfed i'm afraid and removed but i still use them as like free your guard um but then most of those are great swords um but yeah i mean there's that, that's like the, the go-to i think uh sometimes like space marine kits i, I just found loads of pouches and they're great because space marine like intercessors have so many pouches that i've just got tons of those and like imperial guard pouches i, I have like a whole bag full of webbing and pouches <laughs> which is just great because they are quite nondescript and can be used uh, for age of sigma i see you have the man eaters i had to i had to i like i couldn't i couldn't not bring them up so <laughs> Like for me, and I, I want I want you to share your story in a second, but like a couple of things that I really draw from is um, like the, the Cities of Sigma range, I think is really good one because they're older kits, they're a lot cheaper. So um, it's, yeah. I, I don't feel as bad, you know, not using the kits. Um, things like the Flagellant kits has a lot of crazy cool parts. The Wizard kits as well, are, are a lot of cool parts. I, I, I'm drawn a lot to a lot of the kits that have like little, companions so like the dryads yeah. have like the little uh what are they called the uh the owls and you know the little sp sprites you um the skeletons especially you know the um soul blight skeletons because yeah you can have you know the skull box but i want arms i want torsos yeah. i want yeah. other parts of the skeleton other than just the the horde of just heads um 
there's a lot of cool parts. And obviously, like, you know, when I was building my Cult of Slanesh, things like Demonette hands were really helpful. But yeah. one thing that I kind of like, thank you, Internet, for this, is that there's a lot of places like um, Bits and Kits, one of my favorite websites, um, that sell bits individually. Now, it's not always like every bit you need on the spot. But if you need to go to eBay, if you need to go to Bits yeah. and Kit yeah. or, you know, bitsbox.co.uk, whatever it is, um, even like if you – something that I'm thinking about at the moment is I want to make um, my Slaves to Darkness, I want to draw from the old Slanesh heroes from like 6th edition, 4th uh, yeah. to 6th. So I want to convert my demon prince to be Azazel. I want to have – is it De Dechala? De Dechala? Yes, the, yeah, yeah. The snake lady. lady. Yeah. But I don't want to ruin both an Iron Scale and a Medusa and the other parts that I'm going to need. Yeah. But there are places where I can buy um, – secondhand models and and if i break them i bought them you know very super cheap so i don't have to buy full kits i think there's there's so much opportunity out there and you should do this without fear yeah yeah agreed these guys so uh this was uh back in the day i used to sit next to wade and he would like just chuck a spark into my head again man eaters they were fun weren't they imagine those in age of sigma apg i was like oh yeah you could do this you could do that and suddenly like bing i'm gonna go and do it wade that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna go off and do it and i the only thing i went out and bought was a box of bulls ogle bulls i just went out and bought a box um i went for six now there's not six here uh i'll come to i've got spares for like future projects and add other ideas but uh four of them are from the ogre bulls and the others uh, there's one which is a ogrin because i was i've got imperial guard i had a spare ogrin and i can't remember why if it was like a conversion idea or whatever so i had a spare ogrin and i did buy the fire belly uh, which is the middle one at the top um but i'll come to that one in a minute so yeah so i had these ogre balls plastic i had so many bits here and there i had like, I, like random bits of a lead belcher um which are then made more of an iron world arsenal so we'll talk we'll talk about the top one which is the fire slayer one i wanted a fire slayer looking ogre i wanted to use these in my uh citizen sigma army as well as there's many tarogas so i just use ogre rules but it was just like i've got spare plumes from the fire slayers because i had a squad of fire slayers in my citizen sigma army which was the auric half guard with the big flame pikes i think it's the auric half guard um and you get spare um sort of plumes with those guys uh, depending if you do like a champion with his slightly bulkier one uh so you got a spare plume there i've got a load of dwarfs because i did the dwarfs in the Halle Guild army so i've got like spare shields i've got like weird bat banners from commanders um weird axes lots of keys they're obsessed by keys for some weird reason all of these uh fire slayer guys seem to have keys everywhere i've got those little keys hanging around you can't see it right now because he's dropped out but i'm sure he'll be back um so yeah the fire slayer one was just like finding random bits there was a banner guy i thought i'd just give a big fiery banner pole and just you know add some fiery bits on him painting with orange hair make him look like a fire slayer it's just a big fire slayer um after that the one below um was a carriage and overlords but i didn't want to just keep it to carriage and overlords i thought maybe he's gone to all the dwarven sort of kind of things like iron world arsenal hung around with the carriage on overlords for a time hence the gas mask his skin's a bit more pallid that was using a spare ogrin head because you get different types of ogrin builds depending on which ones you want to do um so yeah that that uh ogre was more attuned to like yeah he just likes hanging around with dwarfs because it makes him feel big and tough um but he's hung around with some that fly around poisonous gases and yeah he needs some kind of a breather for that but he's also got his big cannon so he's like it was I almost imagine like a squad of these guys like yeah you've got the gunner um so 
yeah, I'm, I'm on the uh, the next one down, the, the carriage and overlord. I'm just going to be referring to him. So he, he's been hanging around with dwarves, pirates, and the uh, dispossessed and the Iron World Arsenal. So, so yeah, he's 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 seen a few things. He's done a few things, but yeah, he's hung around with those guys. Then we've got the the lizard man one. He just hangs around with Seraphon. He's just like, I'm just going to hang around with the Seraphon. I, I came up with a couple of names, but I think I settled in the end on Sorus. His name's Russ, and he's a bit sore. Um, but yeah, he's just like he's either killed things or found things or just stuck things on him. And I was going to do some skinks on his shoulder, painting him blue because uh, he wants to look like an actual Saurus. Um, so I thought, yeah, I'd, I'd do that. So I'll give him like some bits of shield and like crest of like dead dino beast. Um, the Stormcast one is just literally just loads of spare bits of Stormcast. I've got. Retributor shoulder pads. I've got prosecutor shields. I've got liberator shields. I've even got um, the twin tail comet that's supposed to be roundels, but do look does look like a bra. It's not meant to be a bra. It's supposed to be roundels on knight's armor. But they're the twin tail comet that comes on the um, uh, great sword sprue. And he was called Ardus Nails because he's Ardus Nails, but he sounds like a Stormcast kind of guy. And then below that, I just went for some random. I was like, Phoenix Temple. Just... This is my favorite. This is my favorite <laughs> of them all because it's just incredible. It's just like, oh, you fancy pants, Luminef, high elf. He is a he's an ogre. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like I reckon as well. He's like proper acrobatic he could do all sorts of things but yeah he's just like i'm just I've, there's this massive stone sort of statue thing i'm just going to stick that to my back i've got this big plume and then i'm just going to rock up with a massive halberd and hit some baddies um so there, there were the, the five plastic kits that I worked on the top middle is a um fire belly and i wanted to do a daughter's of cane i wanted to make it a, as horrific as possible a big fat Manish looking ogre that's wearing thigh high boots that's hanging around with the daughters of Cain but thinks he's a sister of slaughter. And the fire belly has like a weird mask, and I just put like some spiky bits on the top of him to make it look like a sister of slaughter mask, painted it gold. Um, I know he's like holding flame, but I just cut his hand off and then just gave him another ogre hand and then just gave him loads of sisters of slaughter whips to make him have a big whip. Um, now, the thing I've done here as well, and um, if you've seen like the stuff I did in workshop in the past on like Twitch, I tend to, I've lost my patience with green stuff and modeling putties and stuff like that. And I tend to go down the route of masking tape one because I'm lazy two because it's quick and easy. And three, anyone can do it once you start getting used to it. Um, the, uh, you've got a perfect example there. So the, the Gaunt's ghost stuff came out. I wanted to start adding more to the Gaunt's ghost range. So that's Catherine. It's a, looks a bit manic but when it's painted up it hides the multitude of sins but it is literally getting masking tape cutting it to a couple of little shapes trying it on the model because it's tacky it's great it sticks so you can position it around and go, all right i'm gonna cut a little bit off the side here and i'll cut a little bit off the side there you know what if i just get like a, a modeling tool or like a file i can just push that in to the cracks of his shoulder pad a bit more that it looks like it's all just scrunched up now so it looks like it's just done that down by the shoulder pauldron all i'm gonna do is just add a little bit of super glue here and there uh, just to seal it in and that's the only way like i want the contact because once you spray it it gets rid of the tackiness and it also uh, adds a bit of sturdiness to it as well so um 
once you've got your folds in place and you're happy with the folds, you're happy with the shapes. The the weird tanif coats have this extra like little bit of poncho bit that goes around the top and like some stitching on the sides. So I tried to mimic that. I'd cut like little strips of masking tape and put them so they, they kind of followed like Ibram Gaunt's guys, the, the plastic ones. But once they're painted in greens to match the cloaks that I've already done with my, my dudes, it looked the same. And lots of people are like, oh, how do you green stuff your cloak? Didn't just use masking tape. That's incredible. I've, That's I've just what I did on the like... boots of, I was going to say, the boots of the um, uh, the Ogor is masking tape, uh, which is the same no thing. No way. Yeah, like... so... Like I've been green stuffing for like this Stormcast project and it's grind my gears, but it's so <laughs> hard to replicate. And that's why I said the 50-50 mix between um yeah. Milliput and it, it helps me and like I can file it down better and I can get much a, a much better shape, but it's still a pain in the backside and it's a lot of um that that that's just blowing my mind. Um, yeah, yeah. And the great thing is, even though you've had a little bit of super glue here and there, because it's tacky, it sticks to the plastic. Once it's sprayed, it will soak in and hold it in place. Um, but that little bit of super glue will keep it in place. It's, I've never had any of those cloaks come off. But when you're in the process of like building it, you just think, there's something about it. I don't like it. You could just rip it off. And there's minimal cleaning required. Just a little bit of like, just a, chisel, a tiny chisel with a knife to get rid of like a chunky little bit of super glue. But you know if you've been doing enough building that that happens from time to time you get bits of super clear and then just get a knife and flick it off it just flies off try not to get into your eye obviously um but yeah it, it's easy to remove um but not like super easy it just falls off <laughs> it's like it's on there for, for good if you keep it and, and that's what i was worried about was the durability by the way bill and marine thank you for this super chat much appreciated oh, uh, big fan. Nice. and and I, and I think you know i'll read out bill's chat but i think this was like when i announced this show people were so excited um to, to hear you because you have started their hobby journey whether it is with the warhammer painting tutorials whether it yeah. is your continued stories on the painting phase by the way highly recommend go subscribe to the painting phase um <laughs> i really no no like i legitimately i've not only been enjoying your tutorials, but also you've had some sit down chats just talking mm. about, you know, how the hobby is and what your experience has been. There, the latest episode talked a bit about what the inner workings were like on Games Workshop and even like some of the transition from Old World to Sigma, yeah. which was fascinating. Um, I've really enjoyed that those discussions too. So I do do highly recommend checking it out. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's fun. We, we sometimes I'm worried if I'm clo uh, sailing too close to the sun, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like it's it's been you know it's been a long time now since old world was blown up, and bits I agree with, bits I don't agree with. Um, but yeah, we we talk all sorts of nonsense. But... Well, I think I think we both agree that it happened too quickly. It could oh, have done better. We're <laughs> yeah. excited that the old world is returning uh this channel will not be rebranded to the old world coach um but i but th i think there's a space to play multiple games and i think yeah. i am excited for the old world to return as much as the expansion of age of sigma i think um i feel like yeah. there's a part of me that's like i i just loved it i love the old world i've got two figure cases of talibacland Tal Tal i always struggle on that bit talibacland down there waiting to be played with still on square bases oh come on well during covid uh, during COVID, I actually did a, um, I don't know if you remember the law part where there was the Arabian night crusade where, yes, you know, a yeah. lot of, and, then, and there was actually night rules. So I actually built a little force of old empire knights and, you know, a couple of like Luther Huss type on a horse and mm. um, 
yeah, there's, there's something magical about the old world. And it's funny, actually, because some of my inspiration has gone back into looking at the end times, looking at the storm of chaos, looking at some of the campaign books and asking what does this look like in Age of Sigma, which is where yes. my cult of pleasure came about. You know, yes, you know, Marathi doesn't like Slanesh now, but in an alternative universe, what if, and, you know, the, the law for anyone who doesn't know, um, Marathi was captured right at the start of the old world. She was just a handmaiden and was saved by Narian, the, um, the, the, the Phoenix King or the, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not the biggest elf law person, but she was corrupted initially by chaos. And throughout the entire Warhammer world, she has had a, a, a weird relationship with chaos. And that's where when I, when I did my daughter's project, it was more like, well, what if there was still a slither of that truth still yeah. happening? Yeah. You know, what what happens, you know, in, in the old world or the world that was, or what is there something here that I could bring into the future and age of sigmarify it? And you'd be surprised how much it transfers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I really love that. When I saw you share that um, with the pictures and stuff, I was like looking at it again. Yeah. Because I, I always remember I wanted to do that army, that call to pleasure back in the old day. But, you know, talking about like age of sigma, you've got quite the not blank canvas there is it is filled out a fair bit but you've got so much you can do like and you can do stuff like that you can you know make your court of pleasure i mean i used to have this chat where we're with duncan back in the day and even now like people like saying you know it's, I, I wish they hadn't removed bretonians it's annoying because they were cool they were old they, they could have found a place and one of the things i, I was trying to like pitch to duncan because he liked bretonians a big bretonian fan and when they not only blew up the old world but removed those plastics from range it it was quite a sore pill to swallow a large pill to swallow should i say um and he 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 just lost his love for for Bretonians. and one of the things i was certainly from my mind was trying to do was like go what is it about Bretonians that makes them cool they hunt big monsters they they go on crusades why are these plastics not staying in range because you know we were still part of the studio we could still have some influence and talk about things um and one of the things that i thought would make perfect sense is they're always on crusade in the realm of beasts that they they have floating castles like paravon imagine paravon but it floats in the realm of beasts and they've got like pegasus knights coming down but they're not just riding horses they're not just riding pegasi they're riding all sorts of weird and wonderful wacky monsters maybe that they've beaten down and then gone now you're going to be the heraldry on my helmet because i i've now beaten you I, you know the weird magma sharks of the spinal oceans you know i'm going to ride you across the sea i'm going to be a bretonian knight that like you know fights pirates on the sea with my weird spinal sharks um you know you could you could do all sorts of stuff you could have like stick them in there why they weren't in there why they weren't allowed allowed to remain it was a bit of a an annoyance for a lot of people and there's a place for them even if it's free guild or six sigma <laughs> there 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 is and i'll put it out there and it pains me to say this don't don't clip this, folks. But uh, I, there's a place for Tomb Kings as well. You know, oh, yes. I, I think I think I think one thing that I really miss at the moment is someone that challenges Nagash, yeah. and whether they're going to bring in the Carrion King and maybe Flesh Eater Courts gets their Mortark, and maybe that's the challenge. But yeah. I want I want Setra. I want Setra back to challenge someone in death because you know Archaon has Bellacor. You know, Sigma has a couple of the Pantheon, and you know, Marathi recently attacked Sigma and. You know, we had those types of things, but like, who is challenging death? Yeah. Um, bring back Cetra. So, you know what annoys me about Cetra and the whole idea behind what happened with the the world that was right. So, Marvel films, yeah, 
Marvel films, you have a character, a bunch of characters. At the very end, after all the credits, there's a little hint as to a new character that's going to do a thing in a in a movie that's coming up. You're like, ooh, I know that. I know that's going to be Captain Marvel, or oh, I know that that's oh, that's Nick Fury. Oh yeah, he's going to be in some things and stuff like that. At the very end of the end times was chaos started talking to Cetra. Why we didn't have chaotic undead coming to into Age of Sigma and it's Cetra going right, Nagash. I'm gonna I'm gonna do you over now. I've got I've got new gods. <laughs> I'm working with different people. I've got a big brother here who has helped me out. And because it was that weird kind of like you know spiel at the very end where it's just like he's like in the, in the sands and some voice speaks to him, which to me I understood as the the dark gods. And yeah, I mean we've seen Krell. He's a chaos warrior that's undead. Why can't we have more of that? Oh, Krell, bring back Krell. Krell, the champion Krell. white. Oh, Krell. <laughs> I miss Krell so much. But Chaos Undead, man. That would be great. <laughs> Why is that not a thing? A couple of other questions I want to ask because I'm, I'm now, one, <laughs> nervous that my stream is going to crash again. Um, oh, no. Thank you for your patience. I, I can't believe, like, we've had so many crashes. Like, it must be just Australia Friday. I, I keep thinking it's me. <laughs> nah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it. it's, it's, it's my computer. is just like, meh. That's like when it comes to execution of this, like, okay, I've got this great idea and whatever it is, whether it's a piece of law, piece of history, bringing back the old world, uh, something that's brand new. I want to, you know, make my, I don't know. I want to make my free guild more Oriental. I want to, I want to make humans destruction. I want to do this something in my, in my, I'm cooking in the kitchen. Yeah. How do you tackle all this? How do I bring this to life? Right. I've looked at the kits. I've thought about some inspiration. Maybe I've gone and, looked at Google and I got some, you know, photoshopped, whatever it is, but how do I like start the process? Oh, I, I think again, we, we, uh, that little bit of like looking across the, the web store. So let's say you wanted uh destruction based uh, humans. You want humans that are like yeah. destruction. Well, uh, straight away, I'll be like looking at like barbarian-esque models that are in range. So you've got things like the Warcry Chaos Warbands. Um, there's a couple in there. I mean, you, you could take like the Iron Golem. You could look at things like uh, the Untamed Beasts. There's the uh, uh, Dark Oath Savages. You've got the War Queen. You don't paint them with metals. You paint them with bones. You paint them with um, materials. That sour. I mean, the Untamed Beasts are prime for being used as warbands for um, uh, the Realm of Beasts and working with destruction. But then maybe you give them like slightly, not different skin tones, but they paint themselves as orcs. So you get like the untamed beasts and they literally paint their skin green and wear bone armor and hang around with bone spitters. And you've got these like weakened little humans that think they're orcs and orcs like they, they're all right in a fight. They're a bit mental, but you know, we eat them at nighttime when they're not doing the job. Um, so you, you could take elements of like what makes bone splitters, bone splitters, look at other things that might fit into that and it could be as simple as well like taking bits of other models so <laughs> again this is not tried and tested this is like thumb in the air you could get a stormcast like a liberator and you could chisel away at the armor and because i used to do this a lot like whittle away at the armor so it looks like it's really pitted a bit like the iron jaws armor so you could just get a knife and just chisel away at that a little bit maybe put some like lines and cuts in it paint that bone find a barbarian-esque head stick that on it and it's just like it's not stormcast armor it's like some horrible bastardization of what stormcast looked like but it's made from bone or it may be made from the bones of 
a village that a Stormcast guy tried to save. And he's just like, I've just turned it all into bone meal and made armor out of it because I'm horrible. And I paint my face green and put war paint on it. So I think I'm an orc. Um, so you can like literally take like what makes like a certain faction, their thing, their vibe, their, their, their look, and then try and find kits around that might do that. And again, Blood Bowl's great for that. If you wanted Celtic looking barbarians, perfect. What you do is you get the Norse guys, but I want them more heavily armored. Cool. Don't worry. Got you covered. You cut them at the legs and you get dwarf iron breakers at the torso, stick them on top and you've got yourself some heavily armored, you know, huskals or something like that. That You've got the helmet that looks very Norse. They've got the beard, but they're, they're taller. They're not a squat because uh, you've used like Norse blood bowl legs or some other kind of blood bowl legs or whatever to, to, to add heart, even like the dark age savages or whatever. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's a tricky thing. I, I think the key thing for me is I would look at, if I'm trying to make undead chaos or um, destruction-based humans, I'd look at what makes destruction destruction, what kind of like vibes are in there. So, yeah, there's lots of bone weapons. There's lots of very savage, spiky-looking weapons. They're not particularly tech-orientated. It is very rudimentary. What? what, what how could I like chaosify? Um, sorry, undeadify chaos. You know what? Maybe I just have chaos warriors and just stick undead heads on them. It could be as simple as that. I'd give them some of the weird looking blades that maybe like the Morgast use and stuff. Um, or bone split, bone splitters, uh, not bone splitters, uh, bone re- uh, Osseot bone reapers. Their heads are bigger, so they'd be great on chaos warriors. Some of their weapons are bigger. So maybe you don't have chaos warrior um, arms. You maybe have like some bone arms coming out holding like big blades and stuff. Um, that's... Uh, there's no, I guess, what I'm saying again, there's no right or wrong way really when you're starting off. It's it, it's it's probably getting to the nitty gritty of what makes the thing the thing you're into, and then just taking elements of that, like paint the skin green, giving them. And I guess back. it, and I guess it depends on what angle you're coming from. I guess, like I think about this is if I want this as a tournament performing army and i want it to be really cool but i still want it to be tournament legal the last thing i want to do is you know the, the tournament organizers saying no this is a proxy you can't bring this army and that's that, that's it's heartbreaking and i never want to do that but i have to protect my tournament at the same time yeah. if i'm going that approach i'm thinking about the war scrolls that it wants to represent and how do i make it still feel like the war scroll so it's tournament legal but it's my own spin yeah um so that that's one way of doing it. Yeah. So for example, yeah. like I mentioned my phobia of old Stormcast, but I wanted liberators. I yeah. wanted judicators. And I'm like, right, how do I do liberators that uses Thunderstrike armor mm. that are not victors? Yeah. And I'm like, well, what makes a liberator is it's storm and sh- it's shield and hammer. Yeah. So I was able to bit swap and make them feel distinctly a little bit different, but still keep the theme. Yeah, yeah, I, I did something very similar because I, I wanted to liberate because at the time Warcry didn't have this Thunderstrike rules. They only had um, everything up to Sacrosanct, and I was like, "But I really like these models; they're mega." And I did the exact same as you. I just cut off the hand where the spear was, and then, in fact, I think I took the, the spear tip and just moved it down, so it was yeah, like a little gladius. Yeah, yeah, it was picture. Um, so yeah, um, you could do that. I mean, you can do like Bowman and stuff uh, using the Vigilers now that you've got, but. Um, to going back to the Roman theme, you're talking about like Roman legionnaires and stuff. Um, you know, you could literally take that vibe of, of how legionnaires are formed and like say you want, I want my Stormcast or legionnaires. What makes legionnaires legionnaires? Well, they have big shields and they have javelins. Of course, they have the gladius as well. Now, Thunderstrike um, 
um, Vindictors. Are they the spear ones? Am I getting that yes. right? Yes. Yeah, Vindictors are the spear yeah. ones. I mean, they're they're perfect. First of all, they've got the shield, they've got the spear, they've got a, a little gladius style dagger. So all you're doing there is doing the color choices. But what you do need is you need that kind of like big Roman eagle banner. So you want one guy to have like the big Roman eagle banner. You want one guy to be like a centurion. I mean, there's that head perfect from the chariot that has like the centurion crest. Get that head off that chariot guy and stick it on your commander in your in your unit of ten or twenty or however you want to form it. Maybe you have like. For display it looks like a cohort but they all break down as to separate units um doing some javelin guys how do i do i want javelins but i don't want bows how do i go about doing that well maybe i forget some of the prosecutor javelins but put them on like um vigilers so the boat boat i like the, the the robes of the vigilers they feel a bit more lightweight but i want like javelins how do i go about doing that so you can look at what makes the roman army structure and then take elements of that and put it into into your stormcast so you've you've got that kind of like this looks like a cohort that i remember watching from like ben Hur or spartacus or whatever um, and it doesn't have to be the full legion because that's a lot <laughs> but yeah the vibe but the, but that's the other side is one is you could start with the war scroll and like what do i want it to represent and then try to keep it within its lane but to what you've just said as well the other side would be to build the thing that you want to build especially in a faction that has a lot of rules that's very deep cities slaves stormcast perfect examples and then go what what does what could this represent yeah. and you know matt holt mentioning the same yeah. thing you yeah. know uh, i i heavily kitbash all his armies absolutely i've seen matt's uh, armies many times he goes with a the theme you hunt the war scroll and then you try to make it what you see is what you get so yeah. depending on who you are and what's important to you, there's two approaches. Start with the war scroll and represent or yeah. start with an idea, build, and then find a war scroll that best represents and just align it. Yeah. I mean, I did that with my Slanesh uh, Warcry Warband is I looked through war scrolls and to keep them together, I went, you know, what? I only use the splintered fang um, and I'll build them to match the splintered fang. Um, but I've, I've got a vibe and a style I want to go with. And I'll just make sure I just do a couple of tweaks for some of the weapons so I can get some of the cooler abilities. But you know, if you wanted like a big monster, you're like, what kind of war scroll fits this big monster? Oh, that one. Cool, wicked. I'm going to do that. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a really good point is use, use the war scrolls or the data sheets um, as build something and find something that matches it, basically. Absolutely. Some factions, that's a bit harder to do, you know. Yes, okay, yeah. but you know, if you find something that you know you can stay within your lane, if you're trying to make it tournament legal, if it's not tournament legal, it's a fun project. Obviously, throw those rules out. But yeah. uh, in, like the, I've seen so many awesome armies at a tournament where someone's put so much time and passion and you know brought concepts to life. Even like something simple, like I think it was Duncan had done those Roman esque. I think he called them his cities of Sigma, but it was using mm. Karak acolytes before yes. the Warcry warbands came yeah. out. He used Karak acolytes with the Spartan round shield. And I think he had, I can't remember where his helmets were from, but it felt. They, yeah, I think they were the uh, Marauder Cavalry. And he put like little plumes on them because they have like the little sort of like, you know, mm. Spartan kind of. A tea, I call it a tea face. <laughs> Looks like a tea. It's got a name, I can't remember. But yeah, no, that, that was really cool seeing that stuff. I love that. There's so much inspiration, I think. Mm. And that's the great thing is like, I'll, 
like I'm currently thinking about armies on parade next year. And um, I've got this idea that I'm, I'm insane. I'm trying to find the out of production 2005, 2015 um, chaos dreadfort, the dreadholds. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. trying to find it. Good luck. Like I'm going to have to like go into OnlyFans just to pay for some of this. <laughs> but, but like, I'm, I'm right. Well, one, I've got this idea that I want to do a board using this, but two, what have other people that have done in the past? And there's a lot of inspiration and it's like, okay, I like where you're going with this. Um, and being a former manager as well, you'd appreciate this as a leadership style. You never have like one person that does like the leadership style. You kind of mold, you know, this leader yeah. does this, this does, yes. you bring yeah, it yeah. into like, make it a mongrel. And that's yeah. what I'm doing right now. I'm, I'm grabbing all these images saving them on my computer creating a pinterest board and oh, trying to find yeah. that mongrel mongrel version that i can i can bastardize and make my own but drawing inspiration from people that have done things that that work yeah that's a really good thing i mean we used to do those at college and school which were like mood boards so you know if you if you you're new to converting or painting just do that like what you say just get like a, a google document and then just stick in loads of images shrink them down if you wanted to and just go yeah i like plumes i like crests i like gold armor i want red you know and then you can get a vibe of and you know if you get time you can and you've got the photoshop skills you can try and mix them out of it but that that's a really solid way of planning out an army i like that it's I, good i do it at night like I, like as i'm decompressing i'll jump on for 30 minutes i'll look at pinterest i'll look at you know twitter i'll look at whatever social platform and just inspiration look for certain things and just get ideas and yeah even yeah. um and i wanted to ask you about this and i've probably been sidetracked from all the crashing is <laughs> another piece of inspiration that i get is i go outside of warhammer i think matt yeah. holt talked a little bit about earlier about you know don't just apply warhammer filters but um and my wife looks at me a little bit weird sometimes when youtube recommends me things but i'll look at uh railroad people I'll yes, look at yeah, dollhouse yeah. people. I'll look at people who make dollhouses and, you know, people who, who, who um, show off their toys. They're, you know, those figurines. Yeah. And you get some crazy ideas on how they use LEDs. They use, you know, present their army. They, you, you get ideas from, you know, the most unlikely sources. So a really good example, that's something I want to touch on, um, later on down the line with the painting phases one of the painting videos is i i collect a lot of six scale so the action sort of action man barbie doll script scale warrior figures like gi joe and stuff like that you get some decent ones lots of cool things there's warriors and stuff um and i do like a couple of custom heads painting a couple of heads up and stuff and one of the things i found because i watched a few videos on it is the the approach of that is very different so when you're painting stuff you don't so like large things like monsters so um ale guzzler gargans you could paint them like we do normal citadel models or if you're just doing the one you want something different scale changes how you paint um and there's two things i've found from doing photography for some of these things is I, I i literally got a helmet and sprayed it black and the lighting does all the hard work for you i don't have to sit there edge highlighting putting chips into it and like weathering it all up it's like actually it looks it's it's chaos black undercoat on a helmet but it looks amazing in photography when i've taken got this light here got that like cyan light there it's done all the work for me so sometimes when it comes to like taking photos of things you could just keep it quite simple but one of the things i found with like faces is when the paint and they like do a couple of like thin down skin tones a lot of them tend to use airbrushes but there's a guy who who uses brushes i don't have an airbrush so i'm like yeah i'm gonna follow your videos see how you solve that problem one of the really interesting things was he, he did like a couple of coats of like a like cadian flesh something like that on, on the skin 
and then he gets he coats it in like a, a medium like, so i use alarming medium did the same thing and then i get like purple red and blue washes and i flick them at, at the skin and as it's wet it dries in and it and you think that looks weird it's got like pink dots it's got like red dots it's got purple dots then you get your skin tone you thin it down so it's like a glaze you glaze over that entire section again the whole head and it just coats over but you see all those col little colors subtle it look like moles and little like discolorations in your skin so i was like when i get around to doing like a big monster like a giant or an agus aogus lagargan i'm going to do that because it made the skin look realistic it was weird just by flicking a bit of red a bit of purple and a bit of blue at the skin then just glazing over it and then putting it almost in between the two layers of skin made it look like skin it was freaky <laughs> that's, that's okay that's blown me away that has yeah. um uh which also this blows me away too your war cry <laughs> just, just telling a story as well your, your display board but it's amazing how many tips you can get outside of just warhammer and i think yeah. that's why exposing yourself i'll go on to look at you know how war uh you know historical war game people you know do their thing look at other game systems star wars and and there's so many great ideas and that's why i imagine you know being able to explore other product ranges outside of citadel you find some crazy you know rust mm. tools you find um you know so many basing things and uh, re uh resin and there's just a lot of cool tools it's like well how do i use this in my army and you don't have to do everyone in everything but it does and like something simple right here you've used is what that's cotton wool right cotton wool yeah, with the spider. Just cotton wool. yeah yeah just wrapped it around stretched it a little bit of super glue plast here and there just to you know hold it in place and stuff um what i would say is if you've got a strong stomach you know look at abattoir uh, imagery on uh <laughs> on google i i watched uh event not event horizon oh what is this ship that gets attacked by a big tentacle monster rise uh deep rising deep rising uh there's a corridor just full of like half-eaten humans and just spat out there's a and they're like walking down this corridor i i had that on my computer for some nights as reference for like that pile of skulls and obviously the bloodbath that was there um so yeah using reference is great but i one thing i found from doing a lot of like research is and knowing from experience of cutting myself numerous times is blood doesn't after like a, an hour or two isn't bright red when it's dry it's brown because of the the the, the air having a chemical reaction with with the the blood so you know having that that on my um my dice there it's it's, it's no longer bright blood it's it red or blood it's, it's getting a bit brown it's starting to lose some of its color and then just putting like brown tones in the deep parts of the stairs just looks like it's just crusted there for ages and then dribbling brown into the middle where it started to look like it's clotted it's like <laughs> I, le I learned that with my daughters I, I uh before I put on like blood for the blood god I'll always like put little bits of brown like um Doombull brown or mm. uh, a couple of little things of brown and then i'll put on the the um the blood for the blood god and it just makes a huge difference because yeah. you're right it's not that cartoony red it is very much a brownie as it's, especially when it starts to dry and it makes a huge difference yeah absolutely it's horrid it looks <laughs> but yeah and on the skull pile um i just really like that thing i just wanted to do like a big feast in like dais where this horrible i think i called it the pale queen this just giant albino spider just it was a 
one random scenario for the live stream we did i was like i'm just going to paint up a big spider and just do like a big feast in pie where it just eats people it's probably like numerous daughters of cain there and other you know unfortunate adventurers but some of them are a bit more redder than others some are a bit more tarnished than others some are a bit more lighter depending on you know how long they've been there how 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 fresh the goop is on them and that's again just look at reference i think there's one side that's a bit fresher than the other um so some are just like all brown some of them are just like red bits and bobs like red blooded skulls but the treasure's worth it i'm sure the treasure is worth it when you open that crate whatever's in there but it's the simple detail right it's not the clean bone that we always see it's mm. this you know blood soaked maybe it's not pick fresh um i think the other image as well if you look at the um the side oh, yeah. right you or you you know something simple as the skeleton as you put the daughters of Cain um, witch elf crowns on on the heads, and all of a sudden you've turned generic skeleton into something more yeah. fitting to the theme. And I think it's those little it's those little gems. It's those little things where, um, for example, in my skeleton legions of Nagash army, um, I've painted the shields like the old Empire shields. So I've got a couple from Noln, a couple from yeah. Empire from from Altdorf. Because it turns for generic skeleton is these were old empire fighters yeah. and it yeah. ties in my armies. Um, you know, you can look at different parts of uh, different armies and try to find ways to tie in a theme. And it, it's, it's these little things that sit there that are, that, that are important to me, make it missed by the average Joe, but yeah. it does make a generic army, something unique, special brought to life. Yeah, I mean, with this whole setup, I had this intention of doing a narrative campaign for, bat, um, not bat reports, for um, Twitch, but it was when we were in the office, but obviously COVID hit, so we had to do stuff from home. Uh, and I built up a handful of skeleton warriors, but I gave them uh, Daughters of Cain blades and Daughters of Cain, uh, Cain crowns. So it was like 10, 10 skeletons, because when all the flesh is off them, they're just we're all the same looking underneath <laughs> maybe a femur bone slightly different shape or whatever but who's gonna know um but yeah so i was just like yeah just a couple of little bits here so because if it's in the catacombs of a daughters of cain temple chances are that undead are going to be ancient daughters of cain so it makes sense that any undead that rise are going to be daughters of cain themed um so yeah and the, the top tip guys if you want to like really add a little bit more doll's housing to your uh to your temples or your bases find rugs on the internet and then just print them out that's just paper with a rug design on it <laughs> nothing nothing more than that just cut into little strips and stuck on yeah a man of many talents <laughs> just photo, photocopy stuff that's that's how i do it that's brilliant yeah. it, it goes back to the old days where we used to uh print off our banners just yeah. from our little yeah. books and just they were paper right a couple of rapid fire questions to bring us home again i'm conscious of time and i'm yeah. paranoid of the live stream uh, <laughs> although i could talk to you forever peachy uh Same. I talk to you Same. this is great forever. This, this should um, be a regular thing we should do it as a well, regular thing don't don't uh, make that offer on the internet because they're going to command this is the this is the, <laughs> the peachy and coach show um how do you break out a rut do you have any advice for breaking out of a rut or maybe a creative rut where you've got this idea but you're just mm. like i can't i can't bring my vision to life where i'm stuck or um it's all in my head but i can't get it onto paper onto to models yeah uh, a couple of strategies as i like to call it but if it's like um, a motivational rut i have found tidying my desk and clearing the desk up 
makes your desk inviting. So if you've got like a unit, you still need to, I mean, I sometimes don't practice what I preach because I've, I've still got like some ventral enables I need to finish, but I'll come to my other solution, which is where I'm at now. Um, so one, one of the biggest things I always do is I tidy my desk up, move some things out of the way. It looks inviting. You want to sit down and you want to do some hobby because it's almost like gone. It looks nice. I want to sit there and do some painting. So that's the first thing I always do. The second thing is a palette refresher and it could be a random character. It could be a different game system. Warcry is great for that. And we talked about like, you know, I've done armies many times and I keep adding to certain armies, but Warcry is really good for like ticking a little box. Like, you know what? I'm going to do some witch hunters. I've got five witch hunters from that new set or four witch hunters and some dogs. Um, I'm just going to sit and paint them and then I'm going to crack back on with my, um, whatever I'm working on. Currently, at the moment, I've got some Ventrally Nobles. I'm in what we call the November uh, period, because it's November. And someone tasked me to paint up um, one of every Empire City State and State and the colours, um, uh, use the colours, but put them on the Ventrally Nobles. So it's Cadians with Outrider heads. And I've been finding that really enjoyable and it's pushed me to come up with like, the one I didn't think I'd enjoy the most was Osland. I thought black, white, bit of red. That's the one I like the most. And I think when the new Cadence come out, I'm going to do that color scheme on the Cadence because I really, really like it. But what it's done is it's inspired me. I want to get these finished so I can finish off my platoon of great coated ventrilines on my desk. So just a little palette refreshes like that sometimes can just like get your motivation back. Um, and the big one is do something that's not that game system. I know we kind of roughly touched on it a moment ago, but when I used to work at Workshop, we'd be doing like Warhammer or Age of Sigma or 40K. I'd go home and do Lord of Rings. Or if I was doing 40K, I'd go home and paint a little bit of Warhammer or some Perry Napoleonics, something different. And that does help get you, you know, if you've got one big project that's getting you down, just grab something that's from a different game system and sit and paint it. That really helps. And I, and I found those strategies either separately or all together sometimes uh, really do help get you back on the uh well track get you back on track i guess so yeah. I've, I've really enjoyed um dungeons and doggos so dungeons it was a kickstarter it was a kickstarter i backed a few years ago and it's actually gotten oh, so no. popular yeah you know you, yeah like they're just little dogs or cats so there's a series of cats and they're just um, modeled up like dungeons and dragons people so there's like a paladin there's a, a rogue there's a cleric <laughs> and it's just dumb it's fun there's yeah. no stress and I think that's part of like when I find myself in a creative rut, it's like have, just find something where I paint because I enjoy it. Yeah. There's no timeline. There's no expectation. I just put some music on and I'll just paint. Um, and then you kind of get that refresh. Um, I think clearing your desk is great, especially in between projects. I'll clear the mm. desk, make sure that bits are away that I'm not going to be using. Paints are put back. Um, but I find a lot as well. It's the mental preparation. So when I sit down, I've got a plan because the yeah. night before I've, I've, again, I talked earlier about, you know, looking on, on Twitter and Pinterest and I've done my research and I've, I've watched videos like yours and I understand the process. So when I get there, it's a productive 30 minutes, one hour, whatever it might yeah. be. Yeah, absolutely. I have another thing I do as well, and I think you you add, add it as a question potentially. I'm just going to skip to a, a relevant page. So one of the things I by do... the by, by the way, I did I try to be professional, folks. I, I actually <laughs> wrote a bunch of questions and I sent them to Peter. We've 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 been kind of like dancing in and out, but not really sticking to any script or this has just been a free flowing conversation. Well, I, I, I professional. Read 
yeah, it was, it was prepare me just in case it was like, hey, this is something that you don't want to talk about. I was like, yeah, I had a good read just to prepare myself. And, you know, I don't want to be sitting there here going, hmm, ah, hmm, ah, let me think. But one of the things um, I, I use a lot and I, I used to do all the way through my career at workshop when I was painting is have a notebook with colours and stuff like that. So I have colour schemes here for like my celestial shield that i've called them um like my daughters are cane so i've got my daughters of cane color schemes there so it tells me what colors i use for the magentas what colors i use for the skin but one of the things i like doing and i don't know if other people do this is i ooh, there we go i actually plan out the army uh oh, wrong side it's this side plan out the army like this so i'm like oh i've got this spearmen with so many i've got this like unit of militia with so many and then i kind of like it's like the old sort of white dwarf battle reports oh i'm just showing you up there um yeah so yeah i don't know if you dropped out or if you were just no 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 i no i brought you on onto the big screen and i'm looking at the detail i'm just like like this is incredible yeah and then i go even further afield and then just start naming all the characters giving them names like what's my fire mage called what's my auric room master called so i just you know go right into a rabbit hole of like what the army looks like if it was in a bat report for white dwarf so you know little blocks um naming all the characters i don't i don't sit there giving them like lots of lore and stuff but then of course when i'm doing the colors i write the colors down as i'm going on and I've got it for everything I've worked on. And it's such a good book because look at that. It's interesting. That's really cool. I, uh, need, I need to document mine better. Uh, it, I, it's something that I definitely know I need to do. I write it in like my phone notes. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a, a savage. Yeah. Um, nothing wrong with that. Savage. <laughs> but, but, but naming characters is so important. Yeah. And um, this is a side conversation. Um, funnily enough, I recently just bought some nameplates for my Gargans. So they've all got names. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I've got them. I'm getting them 3D printed from the UK as we speak. So then their name is going to live on the tabletop. And nice. when I go to a tournament, I submit their army list in War Scroll Builder with their names. It annoys the TOs because it doubles the size, but I don't care. <laughs> I like those nameplates. I've been seeing them appearing a lot more, and I'm like, for things like Necromunda, where you, it matters, and like my Age of Sigma stuff, and even my Warcry, um, it's it just feels right just having the because they become your own special character in your own story. They become like the Carl Franz or the Sigismund or the Volkmar the Grim, um, and if they die, then you feel a bit sad, and you know you you fight all the harder to recover their body. Well, it helps as well tell a story. Like um, a couple of years ago, I went to um, Australia's biggest event is called CanCon. And mm. um, the, the TO, a wonderful TO, Clint, always has a bit of a narrative story. He tries to make it a tournament as much as, you know, there's something for everybody. And the particular year we were fighting in the Jade Kingdom, a part of Gairan. And this is the first time I took my new cities of Sigma. The battle time had just dropped and I'd made the law that my city was a combination, uh, a little on the Opal Isle of Akshi. Mm, and it yeah. was like a, basically a brother city to Hello Heart and Tempest Eye. Yeah. And I, I, I challenged myself. I said, I want to know why am I going to this tournament? Yes, obviously to win, but also I wanted to tell a story and I'm like, okay, well, if I'm going to, if I'm going to create a story that ties into the tournament, which was around Gairan and a specific part of the Jade Kingdom, I thought to myself, I want to be the research party. Yeah. So I am going to be basically going out to Gairan from Akshi to go find artifacts that we can study as a wizard fir firm. And anything we find, we might sell to Hello Heart. 
or we might do something with them too, like the old school of magic. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it made that tournament so much richer because I definitely wanted to win and I played to win. Um, I think I went 4-1 with that, 4-1 or 4-2. I can't remember how yeah. it was. I did pretty well. But I still was able to tell a story and it was fun. It was a fun interaction. And uh, that display board that you saw was actually by force going out to yeah, yeah. have that adventure. Yeah, I did um, um, very early days of Twitch uh, before it was Rob Symes was like the presenter, I think, back in the day. And I played against Rob Crouchley and we did like this five week campaign. And I had my Hallow Guild and he had something called the Red Tide, which was his uh, Undead. And he's very tournament based. He's never, he, we both talked. I was like, I'm not very tournamenty. I like narrative. And we kind of found a middle ground. But one of the things we, he got a lot of value out and I got a lot of value out was this is how I'd play a tournament. And this is why I really enjoyed it. Even though it was the same player, you can imagine it's different people. But every result of each game drove the narrative for the next one. So if certain things died or certain things happened, like my militia killed a dragon they were called the comic chartist then they became known as the dragon slayers so i like changed the banner i give like some extra iconography on them um i made a uh, one of my dogs got killed he then made a ghost version of it my, one of my griff hounds so it became this like kind of cool it wasn't about the winning of the game anymore in those in those stories yeah archibald uh, was born um it became about what is the end result and how will that affect the next game so i find that what you're just talking about there is really valuable because it's like you're, you're playing to win you're right but you're finding out what what artifact did you get or why was that important you know what how is that going to help the war effort now for our for our force so it, it it ceases to become like about numbers and just faces players it's about we've got an objective boys we've got to get over to that tower we've got to get that scepter out of there because if we don't well who knows what's going to get used it you know chaos is going to take it and do weird things with it so yeah playing those kind of games even though it's in a competitive setting still has narrative elements to it i'm big on very much well, so well the tournament is 240 people right and only one person <laughs> only only one person can win it yeah there's a couple of extra extra prizes but yeah. there's only one winner so it's like how do i get gratification from a tournament outside of just pure wins and i think that's a fun element that you can play with yourself. And if your opponent wants to play along, and I've played plenty of games where I've given them my army list and it has my the character names, they're like, what does that mean? Why is that character? And you play along. Matt yeah. Holt in the chat, the perfect example, where he'll have a story, I'll have a story. We'll still play the game as is in a competitive sense, but yeah. we'll tell a story and we'll interact. And there's been times where, you know, my opponents try to throw me off and said, is this what your character would really do? I'm like, shut up. I'm still going to win. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that, that. That gets me every time because I do it. <laughs> I fall for like, that. Uh, but then I just get spiteful and I just try to kill their heroes and just like, ah, oh, weird. Um, look, is there any final things? Uh, there's so much knowledge. And I think, again, painting phase, go check out the, the channel. Um, it's not a new channel. You know, the, the team no. was doing it for a while, about six odd months. And then you've recently joined the team. I saw your, um, your TikTok, you know, with the <laughs> motorbike and I'm like, yeah. what's going on here? Yeah. Felt like, uh, a, it, like top gear, the way uh, Pat filmed, it was like top gear. I was like, Jesus, mate, <laughs> We've only got, it looks like high budget, but it's only his cameras. It's great. No, no, I was just going to say, like, um, if you want to see some tutorials, you want to hear more about these stories, if you're interested in games workshop type stories and, you know, you've been you've been quite good and quite honest about how you saw things. So it's not both positive or negative. It's just yeah, how yeah. Peachy sees the world. My opinion. Biz yeah. 
is there any, any other final advice that you kind of share with us to, to make our army more attached to the mortal realms, more, more us, more unique, more interesting, break yeah. away from that box art to tell that story to whatever it is that is inspiring you to listen to this discussion. Um, any final thoughts? I think one of the things I've discussed in the past on different platforms is it's easy to focus your efforts on the main storyline and the areas in those main storylines. And there's a chance you'll get disappointed if like certain story threads in the official Games Workshop books go on a change because then it affects you directly as a hobbyist. So if you've got like Anvil Guard and you love Anvil Guard and then suddenly Marathi and the Dark Elves turn up and kick it over, that now affects your army and you can still play historical anvil guard if you want to or like the remnants of anvil guard but it has actually now changed the way that you see that law it's like but i was really attached to that so what i do is i always pick things that are 40k age of sigma that are on the outskirts of these places and i, I still can go on campaigns and fight in these battles but my city is never going to get kicked over you know certain things aren't going to happen that's going to radically change like let's say in that top corner where you've got like sorry what are you gonna say no 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 i was just going to rudely interrupt and actually show you how this has come about for me so hmm. i mentioned earlier this is the map of shimon this is the official map you actually get a very detailed map uh, it's called the great parch you can buy it digitally as well um from the soulbound people which is awesome um, so my city of Sigma here is in the Opal Isle. So in between Hallow Heart and Tempest Eye, not far from uh, Hammer Hall. So it gave me, and to be honest with you, rule, rules wise, Hallow Heart and Tempest Eye are the ones that I love the most. So mm. it made sense to find a middle ground, but also it told a unique story, right? I'm protecting this ocean. I'm, cl I'm close to all these different things. What does it mean? How do I tell it on the tabletop? And to, to what you're saying, um, uh, nobody can ruin it, right? Same yeah. time, my daughters of Cain are, are based here. So I picked the, the Isle of Exiles. I read a lot of really cool narrative from the uh, Soulbound RPG book. The Isle of Exiles really worked for me and my my splinter force of daughters of Cain being the cult of, of, of Slanish. Um, by the way, the inside joke here as well is that my, my Marathi is, is Britney Spears. So I've got the pop, I've got the pop queen, and I've got Brit Brit Rathy Hellspears. Um, it's, a, it's a nod to Chuck Moore, who's got Tay Rathy, the Taylor Swift, uh, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah, Chuck uh, Jack from Rerolling Ones has jumped on with a Beyonce. So we're having a bit of a pop, a pop battle. But again, like my <laughs> my 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 city is not any of the major ones. No one's coming in to steal the Isle of Exiles, or if they do. I've got a city and a splinter force that I can actually play out a little bit of a narrative. Sorry, please continue. I just thought I'd just share a visual example. Yeah, no, of what you I mean, said. no, it's perfect. I mean, having the map there is a great example. So originally um, I picked like way north of here that's so safe that if anything happens radically in any campaigns or big stories, it's, I'm not going to get affected by it, but I can still affect in my mind the narrative of what's going off so my army can make its way down to steel spike or tempesti or whatever and still engage in those battles and the wars and the campaigns but then i did some like redstorm cast which were i called the flame lords of iridia and in that top right you've got iridian and uh, so somewhere there is a, a city that might have a gate that links to um Hallegild and it's defended by the flame lords of iridia so i have elements that can be set into like the story as it is proper but and also not going to have my beautiful city kicked over by dark elves because I put a lot of heart. And that's the other thing as well is um, with Cities of Sigma, you've got a bunch of named cities 
as factions that you can build your army around. If you want to make your own, just pick one of those, change the color scheme, but use one of those cities that feels right. So mine, as much as I like Hallow Heart, because it sounds like Hallow Guild, Hammer Howl is probably more fitting to my army. And so I use the Hammer Howl rules, but I've called Hallow Guild. Um, so yeah, always you know find something that feels right for your story go on the peripherals a bit so there's no chance of being massively upset if things are burnt or destroyed but you can still engage and join in and batter some baddies that's well and another example of what i did with my city right so the opal isle it's not far from the uh flame scar peninsula mm. um something that i did was i wanted to get some chariots from the old you know the, the drakespawn chariots and the scourge runner chariots but i didn't like i didn't want that serpentus kind of feel mm. i didn't i didn't think it felt right for my army but you read the lore of the flame scar and there's a lot of lions indessa um has a lion um shield yeah. so yeah. i actually went and found the old um high elf white lion um chariots and i converted yeah. that to be my own cities of sigma with free guild but i was able to tap into that flame scar to have the lions but still Genius. tie into my lore. but again yeah. that's why i think the maps and why i'm so a, a big advocate of the soulbound rpg in any way you can learn about the law is it allows you to anchor yourself in the mortal realms and it gets you asking the questions. What does it mean? What does it look like? How do I tell the story? The Opal Isles is not far from the Titan works. What is the Titan works? How would that influence my army? Does the kindling forest there play a part? Like what does this do? And that just creates so much inspiration and I just run with it. That's yeah. for me, the process. And uh, another thing, if you've got time and you've got the skill, print that out and then paint your own little shield in your own little city in a little place that you want. So, you know, four miles above Atarty, At At uh, you can paint your own little shield, your own little design, maybe use transfers, maybe like actually stick a physical shield on there. I do that. Just, this is just this it... is just powerpoint i just grabbed the little yeah. image from powerpoint that's actually a shield from um from total war warhammer and of course it is. yeah and and all i've done is i've used the, the city name from one of the old gods of um the old two the twin the twin gods from the old world that was um the two elven um sisters so uh oh, some play on work some play on words there yeah. but like like this is just powerpoint like this doesn't take yeah. any skill this is just like yeah you got yeah. an image and I, I i would encourage anyone to play along like cool where, where's your army where's it based and if we go to the local game store and we want to do a campaign about this or just knowing where other people's armies are based it's a lot of fun and it brings that brings that army to life yeah agreed uh you know what it's flawless because i didn't realize that wasn't part of that so well done <laughs> i was like i like that that's cool you've based it around there oh no you've actually put that on there mega perfect example of what i'm trying to say all i all i did was i stole um this image here of the little castle i scaled it down and then chucked it there grabbed that that google image with like yeah. a, a like a clear background and it's 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 not hard to do but also now makes me feel like i'm a part of it and yeah Nobody yeah. can ruin my law. It can't be, you know, superseded by Games Workshop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, perfect. What a way to end. Pe 
Peachy, this has been awesome. Um, please give yourself a shout out. Please tell people where to find you because um, we've had gr great crowd watching, even though it's Thanksgiving. Again, thank you for everyone oh. who joined either late for the UK, uh, whether you are watching this while you're celebrating or maybe you've had too much turkey and you got the mobile phone out while you're trying not to sleep. But Shameless plug. Yeah, so I am uh, Peachy. I'm with two guys, Pat and Jeff, and we're on the painting phase, the painting phase, which can be found on YouTube. We also have Instagram. They don't have Twitter because they're old. I don't understand it, but I do have Twitter. So Peachy Tips on Twitter, Peachy Tips on uh, Instagram as well. So you can't find it. One of my many socials, I'm sure you can contact me. I can drop you the link. But yeah, we do a bit of everything. So at the moment, it's just painting and chats but there'll be more there'll be about reports there'll be all sorts of things converting we've done a bit of converting literally just want to do everything i want to do and teach and help and play campaigns i mean that's the thing as well we've got this platform now where we can run campaigns play campaigns do necromunda age of sigma war cry more time we could do what we want whenever we want however we want but yeah and also in the comments guys if you've got like ideas and you watch the videos you think that'd be really cool to see this just chuck them in because we're always looking in the comments because we keep the comments on so you can comment i know yeah, yeah that's it's, it's so many times i want to go and comment on their video i'm like damn it because you know there's been so many great discussions you had on like the the stormcast podcast yeah. the community podcast like turn the yeah. comment section on and you do respond i do comment often on videos and i get a love heart or a comment so yeah the engagement yeah. helps yeah yeah sometimes it's jeff uh responding and then doesn't think to check if i if i want to talk to you about it <laughs> I was like, I'll, I'll find him later in chat but yeah no it's uh it's it's been fun it's been a wild ride uh and then we can enjoy doing more stuff uh and yeah hope you enjoy what you watch and uh two final questions nagash or felix i don't know what what the context is but nick's asking nagash or felix if it's to live felix or to have uh you know felix if it's felix jaeger it's felix it's gonna be felix uh what about Nagash? Bring up back the old cl uh, clown version of Nagash? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> clown clown Nagash is so great. Gotrek or Thankwell? Gotrek. Gotrek and Felix all the way. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I do like Thankwell and Bone Ripper, but at the moment, Thankwell's a bit, a bit a bit overpowered in the rules so let's go oh they're both jerks actually <laughs> yeah, both jerks. <laughs> they're both jerks peachy thank you for your time i appreciate yeah, the you. flexibility with the crashing of the streams and joining me a little bit later i really do appreciate it please go check out the painting phase a great channel i highly recommend it i believe there's a patron as well and yes. i believe peachy might be doing some sneaky uh higher tier Yes, I, I could have mentioned that. Yeah, Patreon, I do one-to-ones if you want one-to-ones. It is costly, but it is two hours of my time where I sit down and talk about whatever you want and help you with whatever you want for two hours. Uh, Non-metallic metal is probably not because I didn't do that, but anything else I can help you with. Literally yeah. anything else. Maybe not. I'm Marriage. Like, I'm going to... I'm going to let you go to bed. I'm going to go to work. <laughs> thank you for everyone who joined the stream, either on replay or live. Uh, and thank you again, Peachy. This was awesome. Thank you. Speak to you soon. Maybe see you again. Thanks for hanging around until the end. I hope you enjoyed that video and you walked away with a few new ideas. If you did, I would love it if you press like on the video, as well as left me a comment to let me know what your thoughts are. The conversation will continue over on Discord, and the link is down below in the video description. I want to give a massive shout out as well to the AOS Coast Patreons and YouTube members who are going in and the funds are supporting the channel and the growth that you're seeing here. So cheers, you're all bloody legends. And until next time, don't roll a one on a redeploy. Thank you.